This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Weekend confirmed. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. All right, everybody, welcome to Weekend Confirmed, episode... 187 oh no we are is locked it really up. we are locked up right in here yeah. it's like it's like a double eight by eight <laughs> one eight seven or it's actually like it's actually like a 12 by eight <laughs> behind glass uh yeah it's uh it's uh we were talking about nwa going into the rock and roll hall of fame the rock and roll hall of fame of course yeah, yeah it's yeah. a little weird this is also uh by the way partner in crime and my cohort number one mr jeff canada is there anything worse garnet anything worse no then the abomination of the this week this is my abomination of the week people have been actually telling me we should bring that back here's mine uh ordering the uh the crunchy hard shell tacos yes driving away in your car and opening your bag and there's soft soft tacos it is just it, happened is this a taco bell thing or del taco was del this taco. is why the gordita was invented <laughs> <laughs> to mitigate that way there was no making a mistake you had both the soft shell and the hard shell in one everybody was satisfied does anybody actually was that the gordita do people actually no want no no soft did shell you, tacos that was the chalupa i think was it the chalupa? Gordita, gordita, gordita is the like pita like uh, bread. So it, there's no crunchy element to it, unless you're thinking about the cheesy gordita crunch, which combines. <laughs> I would never think about that. My which, brain, my brain is thinking Doritos Locos tacos right now. Which combines? Which combines? And I'm talking Del Taco, <laughs> and I just don't understand why anybody would want a soft shell yes. taco. By the way, have Andrew, a burrito. You're you want a burrito? Have a burrito. Go ahead. The cheesy Go. gordita crunch. That was it. That was the. That was the taco I, within a gordita that was a that looks yeah. like a fused together with cheese yes. views. <laughs> I mean the best cheese the glue. best kind of glue is cheese, I guess. So, so you go. That's uh, Andrew Yoon there at the end of the uh, table, and this is sort of also the weekend confirmed X Y version because we're starting out with uh, with our lead Pokemon, the Ozymandias. Yes. And then uh, the later version will be the, what, what's it? It's the Stevenosaurus. <laughs> be Mr. James Stevenson joining us later. Po- uh, Pokemon Z is not out just yet. Pokemon Z is not out yet. So as you uh, heard there, we, uh, we're going to have some Pokemon talk. We are, uh, we are planning to have Nicole on next week. And I'm positive. Uh, she, she is Pokemon Z. Poketacular. Uh, positive we'll be doing a Poketacular then. But we'll talk about some Pokemons this week. We'll talk about some Wolf Among Us. Uh, Jeff has been getting some inside scoop on board games. Yeah. That it's are been under a while development. since I've talked. Yes. And the, they're pretty exciting. So I'm excited. And did you finish Beyond? So close. So, so close. close to the end. I was trying to actually trying to finish it before I got here. But uh, I'm ran out of time well andrew reviewed for us so he's yeah. played quite a bit of uh beyond i know i'm very close so i'm very can... close because i'm underwater if you know what that means yes that's very close to the end right yes uh maybe like an hour or yeah, two more i yeah. knew it so we can revisit that what else have you been playing andrew i didn't i don't actually have it down here uh well i was at comic-con last week new york comic-con right. uh there were a lot of things there uh got to talk with ag onuma uh, oh, I want to talk about that because you had an excellent interview with him. I uh, got to talk with the Final Fantasy people about Final Fantasy 13 and uh, Lightning Returns. And 
which I'm totally stoked for. I'm uh, glad to see sentiment finally swinging around a little bit after that video. It's definitely improved a lot. Uh, I think delaying it into next year definitely helped them. Although by then, it, you have to wonder if there's going to be excitement for that game you know, yeah. coming out so much later than the next-gen consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but there's nothing coming out on the next-gen consoles. We're fine. Well, <laughs> nothing. One game gets well, delayed well, and nothing's nothing. coming out. No, that's the, it. It's a crisis. No watchdogs. <laughs> Everything crisis. is over. Need for Need for Speed Rivals. I got to check that out on PS4 and that, that looked Ooh. really good. Yeah, I yeah. loved that game at E3. So yeah. good. Yeah, so since we sprang the uh, trap on the watchdogs thing, how big of a deal did that blow up deal. into? Holy cow it's so if you don't deal. know uh, watch dogs was due out here in a little over four weeks and now it is delayed into spring of 2014 and it was as if the sky were falling for many next-gen console pre-orders well i think everybody can really assumed that the uh the game of the year discussion could not quite be finished without consideration of watchdog they thought that okay was i had the, certainly said that you did say that and uh, so i mean so if you're if you're talking like well i'm, I'm not gonna make make any kind of judgment yeah because there's one big, big huge game coming out and then that game's not coming out but i'm more i'm more interested in the results as pertains to everyone freaking out over their next gen console pre-orders the whole well, oh my god the, this it's was, also this, the first game that was ever shown that was everybody kind of knew was going to be a next gen but game. it's still on it's still on current gen as well so it's still right. coming out for 360 and ps3 so you're talking about not only a multi-platform but a multi-generation multi-platform this is a title that's coming out on no fewer than five different consoles when you include the wii u right. and yet people are suddenly like, oh my god i'm canceling my pre-order and that's a little odd it really does also speak to how light the launch lineup uh is for both of these consoles i think yeah. more than anything it speaks to how well ubisoft marketed that game it's a good uh, point and to pull the brakes uh like any high speed train people are gonna get hurt you know <laughs> uh so i think i think it's really more that than anything else i think uh it, it it was the next gen game that people were looking forward to just because it had the the most marketing push behind it. It, yeah. it. it being on every platform meant that Ubisoft could put more marketing dollars into Watch Dogs than than any other game. I mean, we, there's pretty much a new trailer for that game every week. But it's right? also, I, I, you know, how many of the next gen launch titles are not sequels? Very few. And no, so this absolutely. was fresh and new, and it felt like. Uh, the first big new IP for the next generation, uh, and very like, late to get to cancellation. I mean, this is yeah. this is not cancellation delay. I mean, sorry, delay for where they for where they are making this delay. It's essentially the same time that they would have been going into cert if they were going to make their launch time. So yeah. it's it seems that probably if they had made this decision, it wasn't made when it was announced. I can't imagine it was made that late in the game. Mm-hmm. Then you know, some skeptics have said that it was also made so that they could allow uh, AC4 room to breathe. I don't think so, given how much their stock crashed after that announcement. I mean, it's really bad for the company. True. The counter to that, though, has been that they take that on the chin now. And then next year, when they didn't have anything in those early windows and were going to be really struggling in the first part half of the year, now they have something to carry them through the first half of next year. Plus, they have AC4 this year. It gives them a much more even balance sheet. Well, don't you think that it effectively does make ac4 seem like a bigger deal well so the two the the predominant theme on shack in the threads was either i canceled my pre-order many of them for most of them for ps4 actually Mm -hmm. something and i think it's because they had really tied themselves to playstation Mm -hmm. and then the second part of it was well i was deciding between this and assassin's creed 4 now i'm going assassin's creed 4 so if that 
you know, anecdotally, if that's if that's the reports people are giving, then and and that was the plan. It seems to be pretty successful. We shall see. We shall see. We almost have a, a Assassin's Creed Four is upon us. Yeah, it is coming up strong. I think the review copies are out. Andrew, you've got your review copy, right? You ready to? I don't close. Know if I'm allowed to say whether or not I have it or not? Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, just raise just a black flag. Raise a do. black flag. We're, we're like a week away from launch, so. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll have more coming up on the piratey goodness of Assassin's Creed. I'm in the uh, wait for next gen camp. Oh, well, really? Are you going oh, yeah. on, on that? Not game? playing it on current gen. No, sir. Mm. Yeah. What motivate that decision? Uh, my desire for <laughs> something to play on your new consoles. Things. Yes. Well, I mean, it's it, yeah. My, why why not play it on a prettier console? Yeah. You know, what, if it's only a few weeks, you know. Right. I'm I can curious. Wait. I can be that. Patient. Jeff, do you have both consoles ordered? Yes. And do you, what games do you have pre-ordered? Zero. Z- I have zero games. You have no order. games ordered. Yeah. So is this because you're going to go digital or because you're going physical? Uh, or, you, or just because you haven't decided yet? It's mostly because I haven't decided yet. And uh, and I because they're digital, I don't have to decide. Right. I like that, that I can be... I can wait to the last minute and go. I'm I'm eyeing uh, no Dead Rising three. No concern over how hammered those servers might be on day one. Well, there is that. Uh, there is there is that. Uh, so there's there is a concern there, but you know, if that's the case, then I can just stroll down to my local spotted not, game. Yeah, not worried about them selling out. Stop it, game. I mean, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I I think that uh, I think that as the this month plays out and we start really getting close Mm -hmm. maybe i'll turn my attention and and make some pre-orders i don't know it came up for me this week because i decided okay we're getting close i got to decide if i'm pre-ordering or i'm going digital and the deciding factor for me was nostalgia Mm -hmm. this might be not might be this will be the last console launch that has retail boxed games like this is the last time you'll buy a console and buy a game on a disc in a box yeah and i'm like okay i want to at least do that for a couple of titles and mm. and I picked the two that I want to do. I did uh, Killzone yeah. on PlayStation 4. Yeah. Definitely want that. And I was torn between that and Knack. And somehow or other, I decided that if I want it or when I want Knack, that I'll get it digitally. Mm-hmm. Knack but, just seems like the kind of game that's going to end up on PlayStation Plus much sooner than Killzone. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just throwing that out does there. does sort of also uh, have that smell I mean, to it. I mean, the, my, my thing is uh, I would prefer physical just because I don't want to download a 25 gigabyte game. Mm. Um, I, feel like, I feel like that would actually be slower for me than, uh, than just getting a retail copy. Your internet, yeah, and, and we're talking about I, how... I use Time Warner Cable, so... Well, I do too, oh. but I mean, they, <laughs> they have problem. pretty high speed. I mean, I have like I, 30 down from them. Can I do a total tangent real quick tangent. and just say I just this last week replaced my Time Warner Cable uh, modem mm-hmm. that they give you, mm-hmm. and I have had much better... Oh Much yeah, better I, I I I do believe that the hardware is probably at at fault here. At night, I get I get what down downstream of about like five hundred kips. So mm. it's yeah yeah. I I just what? don't I don't use the internet at night anymore. That's so. horrific. Yeah, but we're talking I, I like te- that's DSL. I, that's old DSL. I tether to my phone to get faster internet. That's yeah, really that's <laughs> absurd. Yeah, we're we're talking about like how hard the servers are going to be hit on day one. Can you imagine how long it's going to take to download a file that big on day one? 
Well, and how many restarts you may have. I mean, if if there are any volume of people who've decided I'm going to buy, uh, like especially the marquee titles, a kill zone on digital, yeah, it's going to well, be trying. And, and let's are, not forget that do, both consoles are probably going to have a day one firmware update, and who knows how large that's going to be. Yeah, it took and there's going to be there's going to be millions of people hammering these servers at the same. Do time. Do we know how how they're actually distributing the files? Are, are they doing any sort of? Uh, what do you mean? Are they doing any sort of um, torrent like distribution where the more people are downloading it, the better, the faster you get? Any, anything I don't know. No, so it's not it. peer. To, it's not peer to peering. Although mm-hmm. I mean, if you buy into the Xbox, you know, power of their cloud based services, they should be able to spin up a number of instances. Mm-hmm. But both of them will be using sophisticated content delivery networks where yeah. they can add instances and, well, and I mean, deliver more power. I mean, Microsoft has always had a really good uh, relationship with ISPs, and 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 their servers have always been pretty. Yeah, centrally located. Uh, Sony, on the other hand, I think they've always just used like AWS, and I think that's one of the reasons why things haven't really worked out so well for them on the PS3. But I'm not exactly sure about that. So. Well, I may end up, you know, impulse buying when I, you know, when the when the. But day I won't lie. The other one that got me was Forza, and yeah. I, I went ahead and dropped Need the, for Speed too, man. and I dropped the twenty bucks to get the steel case. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was that's like, cool. okay, like like. If there's ever a time that I'm going to buy a limited edition, it's limited edition launch game like that. And so then, yeah, then I get to Need for Speed, and it was vacillating. I was like, yeah. well, and then which platform am I going to get it on? And well, you, are you a are you a, a a steering wheel guy? Do you need to have that for Forza? Are you in that camp? Well, that's a long answer <laughs> that I will condense <laughs> as quickly as possible. I have, as of a couple of years ago, actually now four years ago cut off the part of my brain like i did i did like a walter bishop i like took out the part of my brain that made me really want a steering wheel for having playing these games because i realized that i was not going to have a steering wheel capable setup in my uh, in my home dude and, you know what that and when i was at work I mean, tv tray it's a freaking, it does not work I when i was me. when i was in when i was at one up and we had you know like the dedicated cage like the you know the whole get in it like the secures your well, wheel yeah. secure like that's where it's at and not having that is just super frustrating I, I went through that whole thing with forza where i was like trying to use like a cinder block and some wood and then i tried like some of just the, attach it to your rock band drums yeah and i tried <laughs> some of like the smaller deals like there was a there was a rig that someone made up i forget i forget what company it was but it was like a it was basically like a post with a couple of foot pads on it that you could like anchor so you could and it had it was more it was like a TV tray but with a central post and you could anchor it against a concrete block and it was inexpensive but it allowed you like basically sit in a couch and then then have the stuff sort of secured but it still slides all over the place and you just don't you don't have the necessary rigidity to to use it and I, mean, I get it I, mean, I get it if you go on some of the cool driving forms the, the real thing to do if you're really into it is go out and buy a car seat and go online, and there's a couple of forums that have really great diagrams of how to build. Why not? Why not just how to build a frame to hold your car seat? Buy a car and uh, park just, it in your living room, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then replace the windshield with a giant TV. Now and then we're just talking. Replace the dash with a yeah, with an Xbox. Make, make a dedicated room. Yeah, there you go. But what I found is the games, especially in the last few years, they've gotten to where they're tuned so well for controller driving that it's. It's an acceptable trade-off to have fun in a way that I can sit down and play without having having to rearrange your living room. Right, and then I just I'm yeah, I'd love to have that stuff. There's no place to put it. And is there are they la- are launching with one for Xbox One for Forza? They are launching with the wheel. They just yeah. actually published a video this week. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but they did show some of the of some. They it was on the Xbox One channel. They've been distributing a ton of info this week. They sure have. They've been. It's been like the Xbox One. Well, like, they're on tour. Uh, Major Nelson's on tour and. 
doing major nails in this he's on tour. tour he's he's playing he, stadiums. He's, he's on tour with kesha <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> opening for her <sighs> yeah. i was gonna say now that watch talks is off the table what becomes that launch that must have launch title and... we you <laughs> <laughs> no why why are you guys laughing i, we I keep, would like to I laugh i keep i, I keep I keep, I keep I keep on saying that nintendo because i already really... own a, i already own a wii u well i a lot of people don't okay <laughs> so <laughs> i think i think Hey, if you're canceling your next gen pre-orders, I think I think Wii U has like such a compelling lineup for the holiday, mostly because of Mario 3D it World. Looks so beautiful, uh, I can't it looks wait. so. And actually, this just came in. Um, apparently, NPDs are coming out, and um, apparently, dropping the price on the Wii U really helped out. Uh, sales went up threefold. So, so it had the same effect that dropping the price on the 3DS had. I think the 3DS might have been more dramatic. Uh, I mean, $300 for the Wii U is still expensive. Yeah. Uh, and right now, the major marquee title is an HD remake of a GameCube game that... But that coming for free is a pretty it, good it, deal. I, I think it's a good deal if you really want to jump in on the Wii U boat. But I think I think Nintendo, you know, they're still in the game. I mean, people love talking doom and gloom for Nintendo, but man, one, well, once Well, Andrew, it's, games, like, it's like you and I were talking about. Yeah. Every, the way Nintendo works is they have all these first-party titles, and they keep releasing them after a game, after a machine comes out, and every time they release a new one, that game's cadre of, you, of, of core players comes and jumps on the new platform. So we're seeing it right now with Pokemon. You see, yeah. We're seeing all of these people getting into the 3DS... The excitement around the 3DS was genius of them, and you know. So what you're basically it, saying is, people need a reason to buy the hardware. They need a reason to buy the hardware. So it's pretty. Seems pretty obvious. You need a reason to buy this. And without Watchdogs, there's just no reason to buy a PS4. Man, you think it's? <laughs> you know what's really interesting? <laughs> We're talking about the monetary change, or the I mean, price price difference. It's going to be really very interesting to see how well Microsoft can weather the hundred dollar difference between PS4 and Xbox One. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a bigger deal. Than, than they have thought. I think I think uh, they're I think, what I, I was think, saying from I think, the start. I think it's already been a bigger deal than they thought. I mean, I think yeah. I think all the all the figures about pre-orders show that PS4 is still tracking well ahead Dude, of Dude, I know all the Sturm and Drong from inside the echo chamber of of people like us. Educate me on the Sturm, Storm and Stress. It's the you know all the all the tumult, you know, okay. all the all the chaos around you know all the these cacophony. Yes, all, all the all this chaos around. Uh, uh, you know all these peripheral ideas uh, that you know. Oh, they won't let you do this. They won't let you do that. Xbox is evil. Microsoft is evil. All that stuff I think pales in comparison to the average buyer who looks at one that's a hundred dollars more and one that's a hundred dollars less. And if unless you give a surprisingly uh, potent reason why you need that $100 more box. I, if it's if it's and kind it, of it's the co- same thing on both, it's, I think it's, it's an I, easy, I, I it's do, connect I, really that, that reason to get, to pay an extra $100. Does yeah. anyone really want the $100 I for mean, the connect? I well, I don't think they've shown very compelling reasons for connect with Xbox One, but I think even last generation, we, it, yeah, it had the mo- motion controls, it had Wii Sports, but also, didn't give when, any reason to buy it, but but, but it was when, the least expensive. That's why it owned. But yeah, that's the thing. When you when you went to Toys R Us and you know Xbox 360 and we launched right next to each other, and or actually I guess Xbox uh, it was PS3 and we that launched right next to each other, and PS3 came out at six hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god! And, and we yeah. came out at two fifty. Of course, people are going to gravitate towards towards the Wii, even if they're not even even if they're not familiar with what the strength of the Wii platform is. Uh, even if they're unaware that technically it's it's less graphically capable, 
it's so much cheaper, and I and we're gonna see that happen again uh, with this with this cycle. Wait, I think. you want another sobering thought? Here's something that I started thinking about that's really concerning to me: is that we're already we're already in the midst of this, you know, very vitriolic back and forth between PS4 and and Xbox fans, mm-hmm. and there's very you know very clear dividing line there. I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get considerably worse post launch. Especially because if those sales figures start to diverge the way I could see them happening with PS4 really cementing a lead and Xbox One, you know, doing well, but at the same time, you know, falling into the secondary position, mm-hmm. everybody who spent money on the Xbox One will have spent $100 more. Now, think about some of the motivations behind how people get drawn into these, yeah, you the, get into these flame wars. In your, yeah. Yeah. So now, not only are you defending your console, but you're defending the fact that you spent... You're defending a, your investment. You're defending that you spent $100 more. You've got that box sitting there in the in the den while you're while you're playing, while you're reading NeoGAF or whatever, and yeah. you're suddenly like, that fucking bullshit, my Xbox One is hella better than your PS4, I and mean, I'll tell you why, blah, 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 that's, blah. That's it, why these it, console it, wars brother, happen. Most people can really only afford one, so they need to... They need to find some justification. That, for that's how we got this, the original console war, Super NES and Genesis. Yeah. And so I just, I, it really worries me that it, like, especially, especially in the first part of next year, when there's not a lot of titles for either of them mm-hmm. and everybody's looking at them and going, oh shit, I spent a lot of money on that. Uh, I'm going to defend it. I'm going to defend it. I'm going to defend it. Well, that was going to happen either way. It was yeah. going to happen either way. <laughs> I'm just, I'm saying that I, it was but, not only was it going to happen either way, but I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I think we're become, just not prepared as to how vitriolic that conversation we're we're threaten a video game shutdown <laughs> we're not we're not we're not ready to see all the twitch videos of of angry playstation and xbox owners just hitting the share button or going on xbox video studio i'll tell just, you garnet just buying both consoles i've already hit my debt ceiling <laughs> <laughs> hey don't forget to try Topical the deal <laughs> oh boy uh, uh yeah no i th- i think that's fine I, and I think you know the 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 real problem. I just want to be the voice of reason, man. Well, me too. But the, I think the problem is that at launch here, there really isn't that differentiator game. I mean, Killzone doesn't really move the needle. Forza doesn't really move the needle. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one of them. We and this happens every launch: sports and racing games. Mm-hmm. And did you see the NBA 2K14 video? This wow, pretty. Very pretty. Yeah. I mean, that game, that video at least makes a strong. Hey, look, this look like real people. This is next gen. And and admittedly, it is obviously, you know, very carefully choreographed and very carefully cut and put together. But at the the very beginning, it says, uh, you know, hey, all of this is in-game using in-game cameras that have been manipulated. Okay, so accounting for the fact that they obviously went back and retouched it, then it's only so much you can do retouching wise. That's a pretty phenomenal set of even just like figure that it's all retouched to some degree all those animations the way people are moving smoothly mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stuff there that says wow you think about okay if that's what it looks like from cinematic cameras now pull out put the camera up you know yeah. in into the normal playing view make the characters normal playing character size wow this could look really really impressive yeah i'm excited I mean, to, to try really it. i'm just i'm excited to see what the like more mature uh, next gen title. Oh yeah, let's like, fast forward a year. Yeah, this is the first. This this is a launch game for yeah. for next gen. No, it ne- looks that, this it looks year's that much better. You know, I'm hopeful yeah. EA's looking at this and thinking, how are we going to respond to this, and how are we going to improve FIFA? They're going to they're going to cancel they... NBA Live again this year. That's that's really happening. <laughs> oh god, NBA Live. That's. <laughs> but, uh, 
I think this year's E3 is going to be really exciting. Very it's so. like, oh, people really kind of cranking on all cylinders working on these new machines. How does, that, how does NBA Live even make sense anymore? I mean, you look at how strong and dominant 2K 14, 2K's basketball game has been. And then after all the troubles they had with Live, they decide, oh, you know what we'll do is we'll make it all new for the new consoles and go up against their you know, established game going into the oh, new th- console. Oh, this live is going to be completely throwaway. Like, it's going to be a complete throwaway edition because they, they want to know what, they sh- what they're going to have to work on for next year already. They're already looking ahead to 2014. Hey, speaking of announcement trailers, can I throw in one? Did anybody see the uh, Heroes of the Storm announcement trailer yeah, that Blizzard did? Uh, what did, WTF that, is that? That that's the game that used to be called Blizzard Dota and Blizzard then turned, Heroes and then turned into uh, All Stars uh, Blizzard yeah. All Stars and then now is comp- dropped Blizzard out of the name entirely. But that cartoon art what? style was really bizarre. R- yeah. Really bizarre. I mean, it looked like uh, almost like. Um, but uh, what are those guys that did? Um... Oh, crap. They, it, it, those it, guys. It, yeah. it, it, launched, it launched was a very like family friendly cartoony art style, but. I think uh, I forget who said it on the the Shack uh, thread, but they're like, you know what? I, I I really doubted Hearthstone, and like now I would suck off a hobo for for more codes. Oh, me too. So so <laughs> I, I think I have, and he didn't have any. It was really <laughs> humiliating. So that hobo is a liar. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you guys really have to you have to suck off credible sources. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I I I think it's interesting that they're saying, hey, you don't need to put put the blizzard name on this we can sort of make it our own thing uh, uh really looking forward it's to their what own they're gonna thing say. but yeah. what the hell is it that's my and, question and that's exciting yeah because it's gonna be a really I, interesting I think the, the moba genre is already so crowded with these really huge big defining games yeah. so i think you need that wtf response if you want to get any kind of reaction because how many like there's been like hundreds of mobas that yeah. have released yeah. in the past few weeks Behemoth. software that's who it was the oh. Oh, no, it does. It does look like some Castle Crasher yeah. stuff. Yeah, I could see some of that in there. You know, we were just talking last week about how League of Legends has that stranglehold on the MOBA genre, and just well, it's a two man race. Boy, I, I learned. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, no, I, I learned uh, how much of a two man race by talking about how I was going to play did, League of Legends did, and how many people are like, "No, play Dota." Yes, play League of Legends. I'm so excited you're playing League of Legends. No, play Dota. It's like I, it's, I, I did, I did say that my. Uh, before New Year's resolution is to learn how to play League of Legends, and all, yeah, tons of people are like, "No, you have to play Dota 2 instead." Yeah. I'm like, "I'm like, why can't I learn both?" <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one. Sorry, what were you saying there, Oz? Uh, actually, you touched on my thought that it pretty much just is a two man race because oh. there, there's nobody even talks about like those secondary mobas, like, uh, like, the, like the Infinite Crisis started sending out more beta codes, and that's just yeah. a drop in everyone's bucket right now. There's no comparison between that and a. Uh, and League of Legends and Dota right now. Mm-hmm. So. All I know is that there's a channel devoted to League of Legends in Korea that I watched for many days when I was there. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I know that a lot of devs ba- uh, bailed on Indicate last Friday to go watch League of Legends championships. <laughs> I, I I didn't realize that was such a huge deal, and that VIP tickets for that were selling for like literally arms and legs. Like you could you <laughs> literally, have, yeah, literally. You have to. You they're like, yeah, what, I saw. What, some, yeah, I saw someone with a stump them? on Saturday. <laughs> Why would they? What would they need arms and legs for? That's how they power League of Legends <laughs> yeah. on human appendages. That's right. It's like Soyan Green. It's very similar. It's League, League of Legends is people. <laughs> League of Legends is people. All right. Uh, that was an interesting first segment. <laughs> and we totally places. didn't talk about Pokemon. We no. totally did not talk about Pokemon. Well, so James is here, but we can like do like a split second segment. So we'll start off. We'll talk about Pokemon, and then we'll split and 
then James can come in and Does James that way know Pokemon. Do you know Pokemon? If you want to pl- talk Pokemon, I will sit out because I have nothing to contribute about Pokemon. We can talk He's about shaking outer- his head. No, we can talk about outer not as well. Yeah, yeah there we go. Let's not put, let's not put anybody to sleep. He's shaking his head. <laughs> all right, uh, stick around. We have lots more still to come. Weekend confirmed. We'll be right back. Want to play all the latest video games? Try GameFly.com, the number one video game rental service. Start your one-month free trial now. GameFly has over 8,000 titles, including the hottest new releases, like GTA V, Madden 25, and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Here's how easy it is. Just sign up, select your games, and GameFly will ship them directly to your door. You can keep the games as long as you want, and there are no late fees, and you can cancel at any time. Once you're done playing a game, send it back and Gamefly will send you the next available game on your list. Now, you can also play hundreds of PC games with Gamefly's new unlimited PC play, free for members. Gamefly also saves you money by letting you try your favorite games before buying them. If you really like a game, simply click Keep It on the Gamefly website and it's yours at a deeply discounted price. Start your one-month free trial now. Simply sign up, Pick your games, and Gamefly will rush them to your door. Go to Gamefly.com, that's G-A-M-E-F-L-Y.com, and sign up today. <laughs> so enthusiastic, so, that guy. So is gleeful. I like that guy. You're very gleeful. All right. Uh, so Nicole has been messaging us, telling us, to no, stay away from the Pokemons. We got to give you some first impressions. We got to give you some, uh, you know, a little XY love. First of all... If you're standing there in the store and listening to Weekend Confirmed, looking at X and Y, which one do you buy? I bought X, Andrew bought Y, so we're not going to get much help on this one. Here we go. (laughs) Well, actually, uh, Steve wrote a really good, uh, no, it was Kat, Kat Kat, Kat wrote a really good uh, editorial about, it really doesn't matter this time around, the differences between X and Y are pretty minimal, Uh, so I I don't think it really matters. I, I think X has the cooler Charizard, uh, Mega Charizard, but Y has the cooler Mega Mewtwo, and I'm already be- like, yeah, I'm already being judged. I feel it. I, I, I feel it. No, it's so no, impressive. Embrace it. Being judged how? Uh, by how awesome I am. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're in love with this? You guys are in love with the game? We uh, are. Well, so, Ozzy, well, although it's really interesting that I think aside from Black and White 2, which were kind of like throwaway sequels or whatever, this is really one of the first Pokemon where they didn't build they didn't base it on how many more new pokemon they have like really the number is almost negligible at this point but really they've kind of reached a point where they kind of have to go that way because we have over 700 and i didn't realize until about maybe the first couple days in that there are a lot of these things to catch i think they're all out there so there's i I caught about maybe pokemon are out there because you gotta catch them all yeah i think i must have caught like over 50 already and i haven't even reached the second gym yet like it's it's a lot it's a long time investment i haven't i just beat the first gym and just walking around the forest that first forest like i I think i caught 20 pokemon in that part you're you're gonna hit the you're gonna hit the little mountain trail right before Ambertown, and you're gonna find so many more that it's just surprise it's just shocking how many there are and how and how, how much time it's gonna eat I, w- I wish we had like a secondary like picture-in-picture video camera of jeff's responses oh, i just juvenilely laughed to the mountain trail to Ambertown. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hop on the mountain trail to Ambertine. Uh, so, Ozzy, you've, you've actually, uh, you've stuck with the franchise for a really long time, right? Like, you've been playing every single game. Yes. Uh, and so... I, I, skipped, I skipped Black and White, too, but other than that, I've been on the whole franchise. Yeah, so for me, the last game that I played in the Pokemon franchise was Ruby. Uh, so I'm, like, 
I'm pretty much a lapsed player, but I remember when that first trailer came out for X and Y when they had that Pokemon Direct. Uh, and Pikachu was like, I have something to show you. And then you're like, what? What? Show me, Pikachu. <laughs> and then they show you the trailer. It's like, what's going on? Oh, my God. It's Pokemon in 3D. Yeah, it, they are 3D Pokemon battles this time around. I mean, it, the novelty starts to wear off after a bit, but it's really cool that it's not just like a bunch of sprites just finding out. And you just like, I, like I don't like think a, the novelty wears out because, I mean, it's, it, this is what Pokemon should have been like five years e- ago. Exactly. Like, you, you actually see animated attacks. It looks really, it's really cool to watch. And then they're... I haven't hit this yet because I don't actually have any flying types yet, but I've already been prompted to get into sky battles. And that's, wh- and that's where you take your flying type Pokemon and you're actually fighting in the air. How do you not have a fly- flying type? I don't, I, I'm not did sure. You, did you not get Torchic via the distribution? Uh, no, I didn't. And I actually, I'm raising my Charmander to, try, to evolve into a Charizard, so I'll have one eventually. No, wanna... but, so, so... It is sort of like listening to two people who are speaking in two languages <laughs> simultaneously. It's like, yeah. it's like sometimes it's like... sometimes it's English, right? <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly it swerves off into this, this other language. So, so Ozzy, uh, <laughs> and, and for other people that are listening, you should uh, be aware that you can, get a, you can get a Torchic via Mystery Gift if you just... Uh... I actually didn't know this, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, you just... You, when, you, when you start the game, uh, go to Mystery Gift and make sure you connect online and you can just download a Torchic. Awesome. I, I gotta get into that. Yeah, it's a, it's a level 10 Torchic and it'll come with a, a Blazikenite so you can actually mega evolve into Blazikenite. Uh, well, if I had known that, I wouldn't have gone with Charmander. <laughs> I probably would have just gone with a with a Bulbasaur just to have a grass type on there. So, uh, yeah, the, you may, maybe you're, you just have to delete your save and start over. I just want everybody to remember <laughs> when I start talking about board games later that <laughs> <laughs> this happened. James just raised his arm so he's yeah, with he's you on excited. that. He'll be in here for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, actually, I oh. feel like the a hole because I you are. I've literally never played a Pokemon game, and I how have you never a, wait, played a Pokemon? Never, game? I think this is a good one to jump into. I really, yeah, this is such a great one to jump into because I think uh, I feel like they kind of started from scratch with this one in a lot of ways. Well, I I think the the key difference, the the one big takeaway is that everything is faster. So yes. leveling up is faster. Catching Pokemon is faster. Uh, just just they 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 do a lot of subtle tweaks that add up to just a much more cohesive experience. So so after playing X and Y, I jumped into White and oh man, it, it is a slog. I, I I don't even know how people really got into it. You know, just now you can move through the environment faster. It's a lot prettier. It's I, I would say it's the best looking 3DS game, period. Like regard mm. Like it's not the best looking Pokemon game, which it easily is, but it's it's probably the best looking I'll I'll agree with you on that one. 3D Jeff, game I'm on surprised because you Pokemon. the the to me Looking at Pokemon from the outside, and you know, I played. I, I think the last one I played was Sapphire. Mm-hmm. So I'm like back. So there. yeah, you're you're in the same boat I'm in as the I same am. Same boat as Andrew. But the thing that kept me going back, you know, originally and playing Red and Blue and Yellow and Leaf Green was that the underlying game is a really excellent core execution on the classic, you know, JRPG formula. Mm-hmm. The, the whole rock the, paper scissor basis that they build that whole thing on is just really it's. It's just really cool. Well, to get into. And, and it nails it. And we were talking about magic earlier. I think the yeah. interesting thing about Pokemon's battle system is that it is really accessible for young kids to get into. Because yeah, you're like, oh, okay, fire beats grass, and water beats grass. Whatever you know, you, you 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 that that aspect is really easy to understand. But then, but then there's there's this like whole there's another this entire level. meta game like, uh, there's, involved, it, just where you can start raising Pokemon, and like once you really start learning how other things beyond types affect Pokemon. It, be- it becomes a much deeper game. You learn how to breed Pokemon. You learn how to get the right moves. You learn and, where to use your technical machines. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, so, and so once once you dive into that rabbit hole, you, 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 you suddenly understand like, oh, I understand why kids love this game and why 
30-year-old men are still hmm. playing this game mm-hmm. for as long as they have because it really oh, is shit, surprisingly deep. Pokemon. But it's, I, it's a really good game. They are really good games. If you've never played one, you absolutely should play at once. least one. Not, you really should at least play one because uh, the the combination of that core that works so well with the addictive hook of collecting and evolving your team is is really like when you're in the thick of it is really really like keeps you coming keeps you playing till late at night and keeps you wanting to go back and and it keeps you like studying well i wonder what i need to do next you know what do i need to do next what that's a great question you know when games ask questions of the play get the player to ask the question what do i need to do next then they really have them in their grips, right? Because you're really in, you're completely submerged in the game. And X and Y is just such a massive jump over the previous generations that the entire community is still trying to figure out, like, what Pokemon are in this game. You know, Pe- people are still I'm, trying. I'm, to I'm figure wondering that if out. all of them. To be completely honest, I actually wonder if it is all of well, them. There's evidently there's regional them. regional ones where you have to trade with people who are in different regions of the world based on because I know like, like a couple of friends were like asking one of my friends in Hong Kong. He's like, wait, do you do you have this one? Because apparently he only evolves if you're like in Hong Kong and, or whatever. I'm like, and, hey, okay, the and, Pokemon <laughs> with the Canadian accent. Yeah. And uh, and X and Y, even though it is the latest and ma- mo- like most massive one, it, it does a really good job of still holding your hand and, and teaching you the ropes and, and getting... Because I know a lot of people have asked on Twitter, like, I don't know, I've never played a Pokemon game. It seems really intimidating at this point. Just like I said about magic, right? Like, yeah, which man, it isn't. Magic, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, that is a crazy, scary game, but you realize that the rules are really simple. Uh, it's really the mastery that that's intimidating, but that that's like the best for me, I think. Like being able to like understand it and and want to learn how to master it. Right. So, Easy to learn, but hard to master. So yes. here you go, Jeff. Your challenge, if oh you're boy. willing to accept it, here we go. <laughs> is is that you could get it and play because next week we're bringing in our very own Pokemon Master. Well, if there is a time to Nicole, do it, it would be now. And you know, you could I'm busy you, trying to learn League of Legends, people. You <laughs> could you could bring your 3ds, and we could you know have yeah, some we have some pokey. sharing, and she could give you some you know pro trainer tips. Wow, it does sound good. And you guys out there who are listening, tell us uh, what you would like us to, uh, you know, hit Nicole with as far as questions and you know what what would you, what kind of Pokemon uh, deep dive would you like us to take next week? Going down the rabbit hole, people. Yep, into the Pokemon world. I can really appreciate that raising Pokemon is a lot faster because there was a when I used to play the older generations, I'd always go into it with the mindset of once I finish the story, I'm going to take a, a team of six and I'm going to raise them all to level 100. And somewhere like around level 63, my interest would kind of taper off. But the way that they've added certain certain ways that to uh, raise them faster, like you now get XP for catching Pokemon. That never used to be a thing. You're, the, uh, the experience share works differently. Now, instead of actually taking like half of your experience points and sharing it, you still get all of your XP and it shares it anyway. Uh, there's a, you can actually find hordes. You find hordes way, of Pokemon. What he's talking about there is the is the team members that you have that aren't in the active battle team right. are still getting experience. Mm. Right. And, and which then, helps you tremendously, as you can imagine. Like, it used to be only the ones where the battle got got experience. Now you're so getting... you have to switch up people all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, now, and now there are instances where you find literally hordes of Pokemon. They'll be like, you'll get like five wild Pokemon at one time. Hordes of Pokemon! That's right. And they'll, they'll all be the same type, except there was one really funny instance, like towards that mountain trail, where I found... Four Pokemon and like one one uh, Viper, one snake like snake Pokemon. So the funny thing is, the Pokedex entries back in the day used to tell you that a Zangoose and a Viper are natural enemies in the wild. So when I when I hit a horde, a four a four Zangoose and one Viper, all the Zangoose gang, ganged up on the Viper immediately. Like they ignored me and they started attacking the snake. <laughs> and I still got the XP for it anyway. 
like little things like that are just. I mean, that's like real life, all right? (laughs) Pokemon is like real life. life. That's the conclusion. Uh, it's no more it's no more less like real life than having a bunch of fables inhabiting New York City and having a murder mystery told around it. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Good, I good segue. You guys always blow that. But it's, it's, <laughs> we just admire it, man. We just admire it. Exactly. Just, uh, so uh, that's the wolf among us. Telltale's follow up to uh, The Walking Dead. Everyone was wondering, how do you do The Walking Dead? What do you do after The Walking Dead? Which I think Find was another a comic book. huge surprise that you know they took a they took a comic book franchise made a very classic feel it made a very updated version of a classic feeling adventure game and suddenly we're in the running for game of the year all over the place they're, they're they they made a really good detective story they took they took with this game yeah it's an it's a great noir atmosphere and i see it's funny that you would call it noir because yeah. i think that that's a knee-jerk reaction but this is not noir it doesn't it doesn't have the trademark elements of noir outside of a it's it's more it's more like someone walking by a noir and saying i'm going to grab a couple of items from this uh from this scene but i'm not going to go all the way down that path you know so you have the gumshoe but the gumshoe in this case is and i'm not going to this is not spoiling anything these are all set up no these are these are who the characters are the the gumshoe is the big bad wolf so he's not and and while he well you know you think of you think of your 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 uh, archetypal uh, film noir gumshoe. He's uh, maybe had some degrees of hard luck, right? And and he's 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 in a uh, a certain sort of uh, mental state. And the big bad wolf is, but it's not the same because the the tension there and the tension. The thing that's really clever about the whole setup for this, by the way, it's done. What's the name of the comics? I'm not, I was fables. So this is set on the Fables universe from it's DC. It's DC Vertigo. Vertigo. It is their adult line of comic books. And it's a really interesting premise that all of the Fables have had this second lease on life where they get to come to New York and live with a spells cast over them that make them look like people and have quote unquote ordinary lives. And so, you know, the gumshoe who looks like a person is the big bad wolf who's been glamored into look like a person. And here the tensions are 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 fantastical and that's where i'm saying it's not like noir because you already the backstory for all of the characters is already elevated above any sort of normalcy because here you have a character who is normalcy here you have a character who was you know he's the sheriff now but he was the big bad wolf and he was killed by the huntsman mm-hmm. and and you have these weird tensions but it's all supernatural and it's all it's like grim wanted to do as a matter of fact the very beginning of this game i'm watching it all set up and i'm like and i'm thinking to myself well you know this looks like any number of failed nbc hour-long dramas they've tried over the last three or four years but done much better mm-hmm. and and with a a better spot to tell that story a more engaging way to tell the story it's interesting because the woodsman, I believe, is an all-new character. I don't think he's been in the comics yet. And I say this ha- say, having not gotten past, like, issue 80, so I could be very wrong on that. But he's actually an original edition, I believe. And I'm ignorant to that because I come into it only knowing the fairy tales or the fables. And so to me, of course, well, of course he's... The, you know, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that I went through this entire episode and they didn't touch on the reason that they're here in the first place. And the reason that the fairy tales are actually in our world in the first place is because their world got taken over. By, ah, by a they got banished. Yeah, they got banished by a mysterious villain called the Adversary, and they all mm. kind of fled over here. And once they got here, there was like a general amnesty where everyone just got a fresh start, start over, and that's 
how someone like the Big Bad Wolf is able to become That's a sheriff. Right. Bad guys are hanging out with good guys, and interesting. They're all, they're all sort of have a common enemy at this point. And the bad guy, ostensibly of the Big Bad Wolf, became the sheriff, right? Who has to go around town and enforce everybody sticking to the little rules of the glamour spells and staying mm-hmm. low profile so they don't blow their covers. And that's why a lot of those characters have resentment towards them because they look at the Big Bad Wolf and they're like. Wait, this this guy was an asshole back in back in our old home, and now he's suddenly the sheriff. That's bullshit. Yeah, and so exactly, it's an exact, and it's exactly those tensions because you know you you already know these fables so well, and you can only imagine. Wait, now you take these characters out of those fables and then try to put them into ordinary situations where they have to coexist with one another, and that's perfect for the telltale hmm. story mechanic of okay, Jeff. You're in front of these two characters. Do you tell them this? Right. Do you tell them this? Or do you tell them this? Do you fucking piss them off really bad? Do you right. try to appease them? Or do, or do you, you just say nothing at all? Or do you go a whole other direction? Or do you say nothing at all? Mm-hmm. And that is exactly, that plays so perfectly into Telltale's narrative game mechanic. You know, there, that it's, it's, I was started playing it. I was skeptical. And within an hour, I was like, oh my God, this is, this might, this might be better than Walking Dead. Wow. Because it fits so well, because you've got these characters. And, and I think there's people on both sides of the fence, right? They're, because, because it is a murder. So the, basically, very quickly, you find out that it's going to be a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's a whodunit. So I think that's another thing that plays to the mm-hmm. thought of it being a film noir sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, but it just, I don't know. It's not capturing the other elements of that. It's, wow. it's, it's beautiful. Mm. Well, you know, Walking Dead really had the benefit of being having the stakes be so high constantly. Yes. Because, you know, when you have a scene where you're trying to figure out who gets food and who doesn't, I think there's dramatic investment in that from the player. Um, do you find uh, you said you think it might be even better than The Walking Dead? Yeah, because it's well, it's a more subtle thing. Now, it, now it's a matter of I'm I'm the investigating officer. And so I have to figure out how there's to, a killer on the loose. There's yeah. a killer on the loose. And I've got to figure out how to get these people to cooperate with me. Hmm. And basically none of them want to cooperate with me. Hmm. They, they, they always thought I was an asshole. And now they doubly think I'm an asshole because I'm also the guy who since we moved into New York is the one who comes around and gives them shit for not behaving right. And right. then there's, so, there are certain cues where you can actually even reinforce that. You can actually be the asshole if you want to in, in kind of more explicit ways than you could in The Walking Dead. And you have to think about that. You have to think, okay... With this character, with the way I'm going to play it, do I want to try and coerce this person to give me more information? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to try and play to them and be friends? Or do I just want to let whatever is going to happen transpire? Or even towards the middle of the scene where you're investigating the, uh, investigating the crime scene. You want to mm-hmm. go, do you want to investigate the clue? Do you want to look for clues or anything? Do you want to actually try and coerce the truth out of, uh, out of uh, whoever's in the room? Or do you want to actually be intimidating? Do you actually want to try and like be a tough guy? And and you can even have the option to hit them if you want to. Mm. Like, there are a lot of different directions that you can take. I, I'm I'm very impressed with it. Very, very impressed. With it. There's also these games I need to play this one. <laughs> they've but also, this one won't take you long at all. This one will only take you a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. You, it, as with as was the case with Left Dead, Dead you, I'm Left for Dead. As the case Walking with Dead. Walking Dead, you'll drop in, you'll get engaged in it, and you might just blow through it in one and, sitting. And one of the major one of the major decisions that you will have to make is who is your suspect, mm. who mm. is your prime suspect. Mm. And, and, and which and I thought ends was with really a cliff, cool. cliffhanger, of course. Which that if you've read the books, that cliffhanger makes no sense at all. <laughs> well, I'm glad I haven't read the books because it makes it. I'm, I'm like, this is cool. Like, hmm. like I, I, I had to double check and make sure that it's like, yeah, it says takes place 20 years before the first issue. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this does not happen in the comics. 
they pumped up the action uh, quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, I was going to ask you, well. what did you think of the uh, the action cues? Because there's a lot more of those this time around. I found it to, I found it, I, I found it actually really liked it. I thought I was going to dislike it having read reviews. And I actually found quite the opposite. That, and I found that the pacing of this game and maybe it was and i think part of it is the difference is is when you were doing zombies is like they wanted to let things build and there was this you know there's this push pull between letting things percolate and then having them bubble over and then letting them percolate and boil and bubble over here they're very it's it's very uh it's a very fast paced first chapter it's a very very quick pace of here's a bunch of narrative beats here's some action here's a bunch a of narrative lot beats, of QTs. here's some action and the QTs, they work very well. You know, they, they're moving the they're moving the prompts around the screen a lot now, and so they have a much more uh, sort of. I haven't played Beyond yet, but I have it. But they have a sort of Beyond like feel to them, even where you're putting the motion against the animation in the screen. Yeah. In the context that the QTs are used, they're they're very well done. Like I, I know that there's there's one towards the beginning of the of the story where where the woodsman's got got Bigby by the neck and like the idea is you're supposed to keep mashing A and I thought I'm like well I've done this sort of thing before but you couldn't do it like the more you mash A the more it would purposely not let you go until towards the end where it starts to just loosen up and the reason for that is it's it's conveying that he's going to lose control and he's just going to pretty much hulk out into the big bad yeah. wolf it was very cool it also is gorgeous I don't know uh, what platform did you play on I played on Xbox 360 and I uh I didn't I think I would have been better served to get it on PC to be honest because there were a lot of frame rate uh, performance hitches. Well, that's unfortunate because I'm playing it on PC and it 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 is a it is a visible step above um, Walking Dead as and, well. And the performance hitches really start to affect the QTs at one point to the point that gets oh, really annoying. That's like, like you have you have about like five seconds to respond to something. You spend three seconds loading in. Like that's it's mm. terrible. But that's, other than that, like it's it's great. Jeff, I would say play on PC then. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It looks fantastic in PC. It's very, it's very, I think that they. It's a gritty neon world. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, that, that's probably the other impression that gave me kind of, maybe I went where I was misusing the noir word, but the, the environments are just like so. No, I don't think you're misusing co- it. I think, I think that it's, it's, it's interesting that it sort of plays, it sort of starts to tip its hand towards, oh, it's going to be a, a, you know, a film noir gumshoe sort of thing, but then it's something more. And maybe it's just the nature of the fables that elevate it, but it is, it is something more and something different. It doesn't really have that exact edge to it. Although it does have the femme fatales. It does have a lot of, you know, dramatic cigarette smoking <laughs> and, and, and that sort of thing. Let me light your cigarette for you and all that kind of thing. So it plays and, into and those you, things. And you've read the issues. You'll, 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 get, you'll have more, more of an appreciation for it too, having yeah. read the comics. Hmm. Cool. I think, I think you will like it quite a bit. You should jump in. Yeah. You I got lots to play this week, evidently. Yeah, you're gonna be like, you don't have a job, just go play some games. <laughs> but he does have an awesome video show, which you have not seen oh, yet. You should uh, nice. check out episode five, which is now on YouTube. Yes, if, if you wanted one in four, if you did the Kickstarter, you got one in four. Are you gonna do one in four for everybody? Perhaps, perhaps, yes, perhaps. All right, but that's newest, latest, best. Mm-hmm. You have I, uh, it's on my. YouTube I believe you have our uh, friend Christian Spicer on it too. Yes, indeed, and and Indy Jeff Mattis, and Indy Jeff Mattis, and in that. In the, that first uh, YouTube episode, yep. Excellent Talking discussions. With me. Yep. And, and Captain Phillips and some and gravity. gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good and stuff. We, uh, we, next week is, uh, we're talking Don John and uh, Beyond Two Souls. All right, so we will, we will have uh, links for you, of course, in the show notes for this very show so you can check it out oh, wow. and hopefully uh, many good futures to come for newest, latest, best. We have James Stevenson to come, so we're going to take a little break here, mid-show break. We'll switch from uh, Weekend Confirmed X to Weekend Confirmed Y. 
Why? Why? Because we like you. Exactly. So uh, stick around, folks. We'll be back with the second half of the show. This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get up-to-the-minute gaming news along with thousands of HD videos and screenshots. Get into the action by creating your own profile, post updates about what you're playing, and stay connected with friends and other gamers. Tired of standing in lines? Find great deals on new and used games, pre-order upcoming titles, and get Gamefly's daily deals all from the palm of your hand. If you're already a Gamefly member, manage your game queue on the go and keep games you like with just one tap. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Ladies and gentlemen from Insomniac Studios. Games. <laughs> games. Man, everyone does that. That's fine, though. Oh, I thought you were saying James. No, games. Insomniac games. Like, Insom- James. My name's James. Game. James. It's not studios. It's James, man. Insomniac James. Uh, hey, guys. Sorry I'm late. I uh, I got confused no, when we started. Not your we, fault. We move it around sometimes. But no, because I'm pretty gotta... sure it is my fault. I'm positive Del Rio probably had it in the first email to me about what time it was. And I Are just you kidding? All he can think about is getting out of here so he can watch his Seahawks play. Lose. Which I mean, is why play. it's probably early, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think they're going to lose to the Cardinals? No. I should I should I, have you pick I, that I, game. I can dream. <laughs> so we were talking uh, about what we would like to talk about. And James said, uh, well, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto. And I will answer a question here that a lot of people have been asking. And I want to do it on the show. I'm not doing this on social media because I want to make sure that everybody who wants to get in it, who listens and gets a first crack at it. And that is we have the weekend confirmed crew now set up in the Rockstar Social Club. Yeah, let's do it. And if you would like to get in on it, uh, do the little search. We'll figure out how to uh, get you added. Unfortunately, we can only add like a hundred people to the Uh-oh. to the crew. First hundred, but uh, well, not well, yeah. First, I guess we'll do first hundred, and then we'll we'll watch. And you know, if you don't play, then hopefully we'll let people go in and out. I had my first grant that have you so. That's I haven't played on no, but have I, you played I, online yet? I haven't yet, so I'm curious to hear about. So it. I had my so we've had some great experiences. And Jeff Mattis has been uh, telling Jeff Kanata that he should be playing multiplayer because he thinks yes. he'd really like it yes. and i'm really really anxious to get le- to get uh you know a bunch of our listeners into the crew because i think it'll be a much 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 more the only way i want to play that game is is with people i sort of sort of know yeah so it's so it works not now. asset right and it's weird it, it was exactly after all the positive talk my first experience was exactly like what you would have feared that it would be which was we Ass finished hattery, we finished abounds. the race and there was someone who was just camping out the spot where you spawn in after mm. the end of the race and shot everybody who got out of the car because mm. well actually you finished you finished the race and then there's a mission where you drive someplace and we drove someplace together with three other players who had been in the race and we get out and there was someone like sitting on a rooftop nearby with a sniper rifle and <laughs> sniped everybody I'm like okay so we're dead and we go do the mission and and then we go do one more mission and, and I and I did a mission with somebody else and and they of course decided that they weren't going to share the take with me. I was like, okay, that's awesome. And then and then we go to like the next spot that is sort of because it's spoon feeding you missions. And I go to the next spot where the next mission is is going to spawn at, and there's somebody there who is just waiting. And they're like level you're level two at this point and you can see yeah. what level people are and it's like level 25 and they have like all the guns and everything right and you know, they just pull out like an assault rifle mow you down and it just feels like uh, not a game to play unless you know the people you're playing with and, I was, and my thought and the funny thing was it wasn't even it wasn't even making me mad bro it was more making me like okay <laughs> what why is that even fun is it really fun for you to stand there like super overpowered with body armor on and a submachine gun or a machine gun when i have 
a 45 or 9 millimeter no body armor and i am just trying to and i'm trying to read the other thing is you're trying to read window box after window box after window <laughs> box of tutorial because it's spelling out you know, here's how the game works here's how you take missions here's how you do this here's how you do this and someone's trying to shoot you. you're like it's a it's a poorly conceived onboarding process from from rockstar in that regard and the other thing that's a little odd about it and this is why i think it would be good to play with friends is that all of the missions that you do, they're really, and by the way, the missions get really creative really fast and they're cool, you know, such as uh, the two teams, there's someone, there's someone who's going to sell some uh, documents that have, you know, uh, that have been leaked and you have to go find them, grab the documents and make a getaway while the, once the documents are seized, the police come after you. And so it's a push pull sort of thing between two teams and that results in a pretty good, in a pretty good match. The problem is setting these matches up is really slow. It really takes quite a while, especially in a public scenario, to have someone pick the match and then have enough people join the lobby. And once everybody's joined the lobby, then move into the pregame screen. And then you sit in the pregame screen and everyone gets configured the way they want to. It, it, it becomes a four or five minute deal to go from I want to go play a mission to actually playing the mission, which to me is sort of a bummer. I think if you were with your crew, it would be more fun because once you are with a group, then you can start into a voting system where it's much faster to choose. Okay, now what do you guys want to do next? And it'll throw you up like six jobs that you could do. And you pick a job, everybody votes, and you move on. It's almost like map voting in in a, in a shooter. Hmm. And I think it, that, that gets it more streamlined. But if you're in public groups, of course, what happens is you get to that point, people who didn't like what the choice was, they drop out. So now the game jumps back to the point where it's like trying to fill the empty slots. So you're back to that. Okay, now I got to fill up the server. And then it fills the server and it puts you back in the pregame screen. It's like, oh my God. Please, I just want to play. Just want to do shit, right? I just want to do shit. It's when like you're doing shit, to drive around and kill things and and not wait in menus. Exactly, and it's really fun when you're doing those parts. So we can confirm, crew. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. How do they find it? It's gonna be in the show notes. Uh, yeah, it's on Social Club. I think you can search Social Club for crews. I think you can search for crews. Right, and Tom Cruise. yeah, crews. Ah, C R E W S. Uh, and so it's on there. Our our uh, our tag is W K C F. I don't know. WKCF. WKCF. I didn't know what else to make it. WKCF radio. WKCF radio on your FM dial. So James, uh, your take on GTA as a whole, you, did you finish the campaign? I'm about to. I have not been playing as much recently, but I am very close. I'm something How like 70%. Here, well, here, I can tell because it says 70% when I'm done. And like, you know, there's a stats screen that shows you like the main mission so line here's and a, how many. I was just saying, does the, does the percent on your, or your on your saves or on your mission on your on profile? my saves it's a seventy percent. So does that tell you how much of the storyline you finished or how much of everything you everything, finished? Everything, everything. I think, but it, it's sure everything because I, I finished but the main story. I, and I, I don't even think it may be everything. I think it's all missions. So right. that includes side mission. There may be stuff like uh-huh. jumps and helicopters that I don't know if those are factored into the no, percentage. Because I, so. I feel but like I've been playing the single player game for forever and I'm at like fifty seven percent. Yeah, you can yeah. finish. You can finish the game much at earlier like than that. Below. Below sixty percent, but I'm I'm the type that goes and plays all the yeah, side I do all shit sides. For, they're fun. Like, they, I, I, they like, narrative parts. Well, and I think not only narrative. I think this game probably has the best side missions of any GTA game, where most of it is either funny and interesting and weird, or they're spectacle, and you're like, holy shit! Like that was a really cool mission. Yeah. Like uh, chasing your kid down when he's you know on the back of a yacht is kind of hilarious, or dealing with Scientology cool. and that whole you know quest chain is sort of hilarious too and so there's all this or extreme skydiving bro right and that guy like jumping off a building onto the back of a fucking moving truck that i missed a half a dozen times and that's the most annoying that like little skip button 
There's a couple things I think really that have made this game for me better than any other GTA game. First is the mid-mission checkpoints, which you just sure. can't even say enough good things about. Agreed. Um, because that was the most frustrating thing when you'd be really close yeah. to the end of a mission. Maybe not want to play GTA in the past. Right. And now it's like, okay, I can actually get through this. And the second thing is when I get that skip button on something really annoying where it's like I keep missing the truck and it's like I really want to skip it, but I can't do it. Driving a motorcycle on top of a train, for example. Oh, that, that was brutal, too. Ugh. Getting that And you on- want it to be, because it's so epic and it's so cool, you want it to just work perfectly and be in that moment and be like, I'm fucking doing this. And you're just like, snarf, sneef. Off the side. <laughs> Actually, the thing, the funny thing for me is once I got on the train, I finished it in one try. I just couldn't get on the damn train. Oh, I, I, it took I, me four I, times to get on the train. And then once I was on the train, I just kept driving off the train and getting so pissed. Pissed it, me it was, off. It was irritating. Yeah. Uh, how far are you, though? Uh, well, I mean, w- without spoilers. Right, right, without spoilers. I'm I'm not really sure other than that I'm... I'm what, in, which, what's the rest last mission, job you've done, raid you've I, done? I have... I have Players who I have characters who are out by the sea in exile. Okay, oh, so, so yeah, I got a long way to go. Yeah, but that's good. Lots of fun. I'm stuff just seeing all the I'm seeing all the sites and doing all this, and I, I've been doing a lot of like like we like we talked about. I've done a lot of the side missions. Like I yeah. think I've almost completed the I think I've almost completed Trevor's drug running stuff where he like has the plane and the and the and, and the, the buggy. buggy. That's awesome. Which See, is I, cool. I, I skipped a lot of that stuff. Well, I just and, was like, is that even they, completable? I just kind of got the idea that those were just sort of automatic, money yeah, money making missions. That but just no, they randomly. keep giving you new things. The, each each one of them, each one of them, it seems like there's a progression there. Oh, okay, and I, and I you may get, have to do more, and you start that. getting unlocks from that as well. Like most recently, I finished one and I got an unlock of every time you get in a plane now, you'll have a parachute equipped. Mm. It's like okay, oh, nice. that's awesome. I like yeah. that. That's a good thing. I think that happens in the main story too. At a certain point, you I think you it unlocks the ability to buy a parachute, but it's not an automatic right. parachute. That is actually pretty cool. I think Trevor, I will say, you know, talking about Trevor, that I do think Trevor is probably the best GTA character ever. Trevor is, yep, interesting. Uh, He's on the maddest train on this one. Well, it's the GTA, and has always been a game where people don't have a conscience really when they play or try not to have a conscience. And I, I always find that at odds with myself because I, I usually play like you know the good character, the light character. Right. Um, so I always feel bad about shooting cops or running people over. And now you don't have to. And I don't when I play as Trevor. <laughs> I feel like Trevor has alleviated me of my conscience, and I can oh, just walk around and murder people. Good. And I can take people, uh, I can take the hitchhiking girl that wanted to see her boyfriend, I can take her up to the cult, and I can turn her in for a thousand bucks and not feel bad about it. Finally. Well, and I... Finally, guilt-free cop killing. Guilt-free, but it's guilt-free GTA, and I guilt-free, think... Guilt-free, guilt-free random person sacrifice. Oh my god. I, I think that's what the brilliance of him. They finally took the way everyone played GTA and turned that into a character. All right, so, uh... All right, well, we've, we've talked, d- we've about, d- we talked about a lot about it. One day I'm going to finish it, and then we'll, hopefully... I didn't have any good stories this week. Folks, if you have good yeah. stories from Grand Theft Auto Especially online, stories, we're looking yeah. for online stories. Of course, now we have the Weekend Confirmed crew. Hopefully we'll get, hopefully get at least 30 stories. or 40 people in there and start having some good stories, some good heists. Yeah. That kind of thing going on. Can I jump into some board game talk? Can you, I do that right now? Oh, I want to hear sure. board game talk. All right, so I was up in San Francisco uh, this last weekend because I went and saw the 49ers beat the Cardinals. It was a very fun game to be at. So, uh, so by the way, like, that does throw the gauntlet down for Dave Seahawks yeah, they to better. beat the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, ho- I'm rooting for the Cardinals this Of course, time. the 49ers played them at home, but they did. Uh, and uh, I will I will cop to, I mean, this, we're not talking about football, but I will cop to the fact that I did participate in the wave before I realized. What the, you were doing? 
Yeah. I mean, oh. we, everybody was just, we were just wasting, we were just passing time. I might have to unfriend you. I, we, I, we, nobody, we don't have no, TV. No, the wave, well, the wave is an abomination. <laughs> of the week? Uh, no, period. <laughs> the abomination of the week. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, enough of that talk. Anyway, so I was up in San Francisco, so I got to meet with um, the dudes from Plaid Hat Games. And they were kind enough to uh, debut, well, not debut, but uh, demo a game that has not come out yet. That's probably going to come out in February. And uh, they told me I could talk about it, so I'm gonna. It's awesome. It's called Dead of Winter. And uh, yes, it's about zombies. And yes, I'm tired of zombies. But this game is actually super cool, despite the zombies. Um, it's a cooperative game, but there's potentially one betrayer amongst the group. So... Um, you, and that's you, a fact only known to that person. A fact only to that person. But every everybody at the table, there's a main objective, and those those change from game to game. So you have different scenarios where you're trying to accomplish different things. But in addition to the main objective, you every player has their own personal objective, which isn't necessarily complementary to the main objective. But if you're not the betrayer, you have to accomplish the main objective and your personal objective. So. There's times in the game where you're you're trying to get your personal objective. You're not trying to screw anybody else over because you're all you're still working for the main objective. But it may look like you are, and it may look like you're the betrayer. So and you can't a, tell people what your personal objective is, or you can lie about it. Well, you can lie about it, but yeah, you're not. You know, the, obviously, if you're saying I'm not the betrayer, that's what no, the betrayer I have to would go say. Into, I have to go into that house to get my suitcase out of it. <laughs> exactly. you're like, no, what are you doing? So it, it's a it's a it's a game that takes place um, it, extreme cold uh, location zombie apocalypse you're in an encampment that's been set up and you have a certain number of people every player controls more than one survivor so you have multiple survivors uh that you control on your turn and there is the main compound that you're holed up in and you can barricade that compound against zombies because they'll come trying to break in and then there's these satellite places around the town the schoolhouse the library the gas station the police station and each of those locations has a deck of cards that's associated with it. So those are the items that you may find if you go searching there, including people. So you may find additional survivors there that will join your team and you'll get extra action dice. In this game, you need to roll dice to do any particular actions with your character. So you can find a person. You you literally get more actions than anybody else if you have more people than anybody else. Um, so you're moving your characters from place to place. You're searching for supplies that'll be useful to you. You're fighting zombies. You're equipping weapons to your guys. All that cool stuff. What makes this game really interesting is that if it's my, if it's, uh, if it's my turn, I finish my turn and it turn, goes to James's turn. The last thing I do on my turn is I draw a card from a story deck that has these little story beats. And... I read it silently to myself, and if it has certain triggers that would happen on James's turn, so I'm watching your you play your turn to find out if this thing happens. Mm-hmm. And if it happens, I go up. Oh, this thing ha- just happened. So, and then when you're done with your turn, you'll look and see the next person in, in order. And so we're always there's always these fun story beats that could be triggered, and you don't ever know you know what you could potentially do to trigger it you're just doing your turn so it's really fun it keeps people involved when it's not their turn and it makes for some really fun story beats what, uh, what's like an example of a of a story beat okay so my favorite one i guess this would be a spoiler for the board game if but my favorite one there's spoilers for board games <laughs> yeah well because it's a story thing uh i one of my survivors was sparky the dog he's a dog and you, you can have him go and search for stuff he, he works like a regular survivor 
But if you ha- uh, if uh, if you have Sparky and you have a gun, you can uh, you can trigger this event and equip the gun on Sparky, and he becomes like a super awesome dog gun turret thing. And the the story event that happens is that he goes running off and like slaughters all the zombies in the camp and like kills eight zombies at once. So you didn't even know that that was potential. You know, you just you just had Sparky in again, and then all of a sudden, boom! All of a sudden, you have a Dog turret. Dog turret. Yeah. So there's all these, all kinds of fun things. Like you can discover things, or or you know if you if you have a per- certain person in a certain location, they find this thing, or you know it's, it's fun little story moments. Uh, really fun, engaging game. That really great because everybody's working for a common goal, but you have those personal goals too. So you're always it's that push and pull of like, well, I need to win the game with certain amount of fuel and a certain amount of uh, rations in my hand. We need a certain amount of rations right now. Do I give up the ones that are in my hand for the good of the group or do I hang on to them for my personal? So it's that wonderful push and pull of like being, you know. And then, of course, there's also a betrayer who's actively working against the group but trying to be surreptitious about it. So it's not obvious. And so their personal objective is sabotage the main objective. Group fails or? Well, they all they have a different one. There's like a bunch of different betrayer cards. So it's a specific thing of like how how they go about doing it and what they have to do. Like they not only do they have to make sure you fail, but they also have to have X, Y or Z done. You know, got it. Um, Super fun game. Super fun game. I also played uh, Robinson Crusoe for the first time. Have you? I haven't played it. Oh, man. That game be crazy. That game be crazy. Uh, it, that is a another cooperative game, but um, you're you're shipwrecked on an island, and it basically simulates anything you could possibly do on an island. You, you have a freaking so many options. Talking at once. to a volleyball. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, it's got uh, it's got cards for everything. You can build shelter. You can build tools. You can build weapons. You can go hunting. You get to vote people out. <laughs> well, that that's the meta game. Um, it's uh it's 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 really great. It's a brutal brutal game because you have to there's so many things happening all at once that are conspiring to your demise right. and you have to it's all just about mitigating. You never it's a game where you never feel like you're winning. You're only just not Surviving losing for another t- turn. Yeah. Malaria. Yeah, there's all there's how, disease. How was, actually, rickets. how was the difficulty of the zombie game? Like that was my other curiosity. Well, is we this played like, it. Is this like pandemic or is this Arkham Horror? We played it twice and lost both times. Oh, okay. But the la- the second time we played it, we got to the like the last round we needed sur- to survive, and actually Sparky killed us. Sparky. But I'm assuming it's a fun and losing sort of thing. Oh yeah, so much fun, uh, so much fun because it's you know. That's a very subtle balance to strike that I think video games are unsuccessful at usually, mm, but true. board board games can be. And I attribute that to the necessary social nature of board gaming. Yeah, and that's one of the things that the Plat Hat guys were talking about with regard to this particular game, Dead of Winter, is that they really wanted to make a game that wouldn't work on iPad or you know mm-hmm. couldn't be a digital version. That it's really about that social interaction. Uh, it's really about sitting across the table from somebody. That's, that's why you love board games, right? It's why I love board games. Why, why James love loves board games? Yep. Yeah. I just played Chaos in the Old World for the first oh, time. Oh, I've never played that. Oh, dude, so good. If so you want to see good. the best review of a board game, uh, there's a Chaos in the Old World um, by, oh, what's his name, uh, Robert, what's his name? They've gotten into trouble. He's the freaking Scottish dude. He writes for about computer games. Why is my brain not working? I'll, I'll think of it. But anyway, go ahead and talk about how you No, no, it was great. <laughs> I never played it, but a friend who owned it brought it over. And um, it's interesting because it's this... It's probably a game you should only ever play with four people. You can play with less, but the four races are so different and so balanced against each other. And the ultimate objective of the game is to um, 
you are gods in the old world of Warhammer and you're trying to control your, um, you're trying to take over these areas and ruin uh, places and reform them. And um, yeah, you're so, evil, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're evil. evil. You're like the ultimate evil. And each of these four gods is trying to be the ultimate evil and ruin a section of the board. And if you ruin an area, you score points for ruining it. And then no one can do it. Or, you know, no one can go there and use it anymore. Um, and, and then there's also technology advancements too. So you're sort of, you can play multiple ways, trying to advance or trying to focus on getting the ruining points. Um, one of the races and the race that I played uh, is very battle focused. And like the entire point of that race is to like kind of keep the other three in check and trim down their numbers. And you can win by either, you know, playing the traditional game where you're trying to ruin stuff, but he only has a few cultists that, that like every, everyone has a group of figures and he only has like four cultists that work while some of the others have six. So he can't do as much ruining as the other people can. And or corruption, uh, putting corruption tokens down. So my whole goal was just advance my dial all the way to the end because I win the game automatically if I can kill enough people every turn and get enough technology upgrades. So the whole game, everyone's like scattering for me or and there's similar. There's also story beats. So every turn, there's like a new uh, event that happens and affects the entire world or certain places of the world randomly. And so, you know, there's a whole stack of these cards that only a few were played out. So during my game, there's like a peace accord that got signed. And so two territories are completely unavailable for me to go attack people. And two of the players hold up in them. And the other player is like my counter player <laughs> who has all these cards that are able to counter my abilities and lock me out of fighting and prevent their people from getting attacked. So it was kind of this, uh, it was a very interesting experience. Uh, two of the people playing, me and my wife, were both completely new to the game. So we had no idea what we were doing, but... um you could really see the balance and the interaction between all four of the players and uh, the different elements and all the different strategies you could take to win. So it was um, it was actually a lot of fun. I and I didn't realize honestly didn't realize how highly regarded the game was until afterwards. I went up and looked on Board Game Geek and it's like fiftieth ranked board game. Oh yeah, it's like it's it's super. I had no idea when I sat down to play it. Uh, it's Rob Florence. You guys know Rob Florence? No. He's oh man, he did a review of that game and it's it's one of the most entertaining. Video reviews. I encourage anybody looking. It's on Board Game Geek. If you go to Board Game Geek, look up Chaos in the Old World. He's listed there. All right. Uh, very entertaining. But yeah, I've, I've never played that one. You should play it. You, did you play the uh, Bioshock Infinite game? I haven't. We should just I, give them a board game podcast. I would love that. <laughs> I think James would too. Um, it's the same Plat Hat guys. It's the same guys that, that, that uh, did a winner. It's awesome. The cool thing about the, the Bioshock Infinite game is that it, it's more than just a first person shooter. It's not in, at all a first-person shooter. Uh, you're playing as either the Vox Populi or the... What's the other side? The uh, I don't remember anymore. Rev- I can't remember what they're yeah. called. But the main characters of the game, um, which names I don't remember either, the chick and the dude. Booker. Booker and Liz? Elizabeth? Yeah. Yes. I'm not doing well with names today, folks. Shouldn't have had all that. Whatever. I didn't even have anything. All that- all those all that milk and cookies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, those two characters are controlled by the board game. They move about based on certain triggers, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so they're constantly causing crazy shit to happen. Just like in the video, in the video game, like you're the player and you're causing crazy shit because you're controlling Booker and Elizabeth. And in the board game, you're trying to beat. You're on the two sides that they're caught in the middle of. Yeah, it. and they're the little, and they're little the, chaos element that's uh, in, in, injecting crazy things happening. I think having listened to all of these games you just described, the one that's most fascinating to me, or the mechanics that's most fascinating to me, is the holding of of interjection cards, as what I call them. Card, cards that you know you're talking about, where you have story beats that you're just waiting, right, 
to see whether or not they play. And I think it's a really brilliant idea because it keeps you engaged when it's not your turn, when it's not right. your active turn. Right. And at the same time, it provides a much more dynamic sort of scenario for how the game unfolds because typically mm-hmm. board games are, I mean, not typically, but board games are about rules and systems definitely, and how those systems unfold and, and you learn the way the systems work and you begin to think about, okay, how do I tactically set myself up to be successful? Well, everything you have along those lines that disrupts that makes it incredibly increasingly more difficult for you to just decipher the code of the game mm-hmm. and break it down to a numbers game. So right, it works, yeah. in, works in a couple of ways. I think it's very cool. And it's, it's and the it's, social interaction piece is cool. Social interaction piece is cool. And the, and the theme plays out really well. I mean, it, this was a game that as we played it, uh, I was playing with Foobs from, uh, oh, cool. I was, we, as we were playing it, we were like talking through the story of what happened. Like, you know, you would go there and, and we'd kill a zombie and you roll a high number and like, oh, you get to kill more than one zombie. And you, you, you would talk it through like, oh, man, he just busted See, through the door and blasted him. And you're and now you're right on top of the you everybody. Well, not everybody. I used to always do, you know, weekend or evening Dungeon and Dragon session. Right. I mean, you're right on top of it. That's what it is. Yeah. It's that storytelling thing that the mechanics are are allowing to have happen. Yeah. It, it, it embellishes. And the imagination's getting going and it, it's yeah. really getting clicking. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, how about we get back to games? You go to game back to games? I mean, I'm going to get back to games. How about we return to video games? Sure. We do that? That's just what Sounds I played good. this week. That's all I'm saying. That's the only reason. <laughs> you I didn't play it. anything else? I, well, you, I, you I approached, a lot of you kept on playing Beyond, right? I did. And I did. you had but a I'm number of supporters. You, you had a number of supporters on your uh, on your takes on Beyond. I don't know if, if you noticed that or I not. I did, yeah. I'm glad a lot of people are digging it. I really dug it. I know you did not. People are really angry at me. So. Oh, I got, well, I I got, else I, new. I got a I've, lot of angry tweets. There have to be a lot of people that are angry at a lot of people then, because it seemed pretty mixed. Like, there's two camps for sure. From I, and I haven't played it yet, but it just feels like people are very divided on that game, love or hate. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it would be interesting to compare what happened in our stories because that's what I would love to do, and, yeah. and that's the uh, that's because I I definitely know moments where I'm like, oh my god, I wish I'd made that other decision, or I know that what I did caused me to not see something big um so you know, i've seen other reviewers on twitter i think it was mitch from ign talking about how people were reaming him over something that didn't happen in his story it's <laughs> like i this i didn't take this out of the review that didn't happen to me how awesome is i think that's amazing I, the other thing that occurred to me while i was playing beyond this week that i think is special about these uh these kinds of games these quantic dream games is so often when I'm playing a video game, I wonder if you guys feel the same way. So often I'm saying to myself, what does the game want me to do right now? What, what, uh, what is the game trying to get me to do? You know, like I need to progress forward. So, oh, there's a interaction point. I definitely have to push it because I push all the interaction points in the universe to progress the story forward, you know? And in quantum dream games, sometimes not doing anything is just as legitimate a decision. So I found myself at certain points, like it sets you up as, hey, now you're playing as Iden, this entity spirit thing, F with people. And I would like intentionally not F with them because I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to be nice. And it would be like, oh, cool. You were nice. And it would, the game would progress from there. And she would like thank Aiden for not effing with her. And, and I was like, that's 
How awesome is that? I think the problem is you and I will probably have a pretty similar story. Because you did the same thing. Because a lot of the people that I talked to, we ended up having exactly the same story beats because we sort of played exactly the same way. Oh, and really? I, I feel like a majority of people are not going <laughs> to. Like, you don't, I don't know. Don't people feel guilty other than the people that are level 25 in GTA Online and camping yeah. uh, and shooting down noobs? Like, I feel guilty when I do bad things in video games. I do, too. And I, that's what I love about Beyond is that I was so invested in the person, in, in Jody that there would be, I don't know any other game where, like, she would, like, sit down in a huff on, on the bed or something, and it would give me the ability to immediately have her stand up, and I, as Jeff playing, would go, no, no, she needs a moment. Let's just, we're just going to hang out here for a second. I'm not going to immediately do the video game thing to, to go to the next moment. She needs to, for, for a second to like be mad. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? It depends a lot on how much the game's working on you. Well, I, clearly. I, and it just, it, maybe I, it just was working on I me. I mean, for me, there, there, I do wonder if I could like time out of certain scenes because like for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have her stay in bed. And I'm like, I look, I did that too. I I'm totally like, did. I'm like, like, go back to your room. And I was like, I'm, I'm going back to the room. And I was like, so frustrated that the scene just kept on going. Or I'm like, well, and, and so for, for me, I'm like, I feel like the game is telling me I have to do something else, even though I don't want to. But you didn't have to. That was the best part. And we're both talking about the same thing. It's yeah. not a spoiler, but there is, there is the exact moment in the horror movie where the guy goes, just go back into your room and go to sleep. And in the horror movie, the person doesn't do that, and everybody in the audience is like, get back in your, why are you going outside? And in the video game version, because it's interactive, I could just actually follow instructions and go back to my room and go back to sleep, and I did, and the th- bad thing didn't happen. So how long How long did you have to wait for that uh, That to pass? Because I was just like, I, I, I was just staying there, I'm like, this is really boring. <laughs> no, what you do is, is you, did, you, did you end up going back outside? I think I ended up going back outside. See, yeah. because what you can do is you, gr- she, you can grab her pillow and put it over her ears and hold her head down, and she just blocks it all out and goes back to sleep, and you wake up the next morning. Aha, uh-huh, you see, I didn't even know that was an option. How cool like, is that? But th- that's the thing. I think the game does a really poor job of communicating what you can and can't do. But that's w- I think that's what's wonderful about it is that you're never inside the mechanics of playing the story. Well, for- you're never like gaming the system for the story you want. You're just acting. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I but, like that. But, but for me, it's like not even knowing that that was an option. Like that's the option that I wanted to choose. So it felt, it felt like, I'm like, Jody, why are you doing this? <laughs> Don't do that. Right, and like, you, were, I, you were trying to but, stay in bed, but, but, but you I was figure. I was controlling it, so I felt even dumber. I'm right. like I'm like, ah, oh, fine. I guess I'll take a shower now too. Might as <laughs> might as well, you know. If I'm gonna be stuck in a horror movie, you know. The the other thing, and this is, I mean, this is kind of what I was talking about last week, where it either works on you or it doesn't. It, you're either trying to win the game or you're enjoying the little moments of decision, as I was. And one of them, another example that isn't a spoiler is that at a certain point she has to like pack up her things in her room and you, she, you can pick, you can walk over to her desk and pick up a picture and she looks at this picture and you have the option of either returning it to the desk or putting it in her bag to take with her forever. And I was, and it, it bears no relevance on the rest of the game whatsoever, but I was or like, so you think, well, but, but I was like, yeah, I think she wants that picture. I, I, I think she should have that picture for the rest of her life. I'm putting it in the bag. And you're either the kind of person that gives a shit about that moment or you're not. And if you're not, I could totally see why you wouldn't like this game. I'm but just, I was I'm, invested. I'm just letting you know, if you have the picture, it'll stop a bullet from hitting her right <laughs> in the heart. He's totally yanking your shit. So you bring up an interesting point about 
winning and this nation, this notion of playing a game as if I need to win. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is, it is triggered somewhat by the manner in which the game is presented and the way that the player approaches has been told to approach playing the game. And I think it's a, it's, it was a similar sort of situation for Hemi rain. And, and I think there was a similar sort Definitely. of, of hurdle for folks to over, overcome and somehow or other, and we could think about it here and probably hit the nail on the head. The difference between that games, those, these games that Quanta could have done, which look like third person adventure games, which mm-hmm. look like, look, which look like a naughty dog game or similar, right? That we feel a, a familiarity with in that respect. It triggers that sort of, oh, I'm supposed to go win the game response. Mm-hmm. Whereas a walking, telltale game, yeah. a telltale game, yeah. We're just there for the experience. We're just there right. for the journey. And, you know, it's, it's like, hey, I'm just here for the journey. I want to see the journey and the outcome of it. Well, I know it's going to get to an outcome. Mm-hmm. And I know the outcome is going to be materially influenced by my decisions. Both of, both of them share this. Both of them share this mechanism of there is a great journey. Along the way, you're going to make a bunch of decisions. And what happens in your story will be determined by those decisions that you made. Right. And yet it, it feels to me, uh, you know, observing them that, uh, that there is a group of people who play the quantic game and and do want to win it quote unquote you know want to have that win well experience. i mean especially when you talk about um heavy rain had a winning condition right there were many fail conditions essentially if you didn't along get, the way right, right along the way but i mean like there essentially was even there, at the there's end a of pretty the game, there's there are, a pretty big clear win scenario right that you save your son you know? right that and that's the whole thing so there was a ideal scenario and as such any sort of suboptimal scenario scenario made it feel like you didn't play the game correctly uh it i find it really interesting that you feel like maybe you want to win quantic dream games given that there's no game over screen but in telltale games there are <laughs> yeah that's uh, true. but i think i think it might be the visual language as well i think quantic because david cage is so obsessed with movies and the hero always wins in movies uh the mm-hmm. way he directs it sort of makes you want the hero to to win versus telltale where they are clearly drawn towards comics and comics are hero doesn't really ever win in comics it can't because it's ongoing yeah yeah, at best (laughs) they maintain the status quo yeah uh which makes for a really sort of interesting dynamic in games right where at the end of walking dead season one you felt complete but no matter what you did you never felt like you won right Mm, right it's interesting Uh, point but in beyond and and heavy rain there are pass through the story where you feel like you could win even if horrible things happen along the way i mean look maybe they're edge cases but i do know of a couple of folks who in heavy rain did not have everybody live endings i didn't but kept them oh yeah that's how my story happened because their journey was to them there because what cage had hoped would happen had happened with them was that they had their journey they didn't feel compelled to go back and play it and have something different happen right they're like well this is what happened now there were times in heavy rain where you would die die well I mean, even even uh, in Beyond, there's definitely moments where I effed up the QTE. Yeah. And I was like, God damn it. And I know that if I had not effed up the QTE, something awesome would have happened. And or it didn't. Maybe just different. Right. Different, but maybe probably different. more awesome because I wouldn't have, I didn't eff it up. I, she, she, she failed at doing what she maybe, was trying to do. But maybe that's a perception. You see, here's an interesting thought. How interesting would it be for the game design to have matured to a spot where you achieving the QTE or failing the QTE simply had two different outcomes? And but failing, that's, what, that's and where, maybe, where and they maybe, are. That's and maybe, what it is. And maybe the better one, depending on how you were approaching the game, was actually to fail it. Well, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I, 
What if what, your gaming what? nature kicked in? Wow, this is a really weird idea. What if your gaming nature kicked in and you passed the QTE, but in passing the QTE, you wound up well, not, we, well there's we, plenty of moments not in this going game. down the area. We, we, we've seen QTEs that that sort of break the mold. I mean, even God of War three has a really great moment where you're punching that dude in the face, and the QTE is still always on the screen. It's up to you as a player to decide when you're going to stop. Yeah. And there's definitely moments in Beyond like that where you could continue to do this and be successful at it and kill someone or not. And that, and what I'm trying to say is, is even that something would be more awesome in a, in a sort of bombastic action-y sense. But the fact that what happened to me is that I screwed up that QTE and she fell instead of being awesome. That was my story. That was still my story. That's what happened to me. And it, she, she still got through it in a different way. And that's how I love the fact that I, contributed to that i wasn't just redoing it until i got it right i was wow that day i did it wrong so that's my story and, I, and it's indicative of how you, jeff for you you connected with the characters and connected with this story and i think not to put words in andrew's mouth I'll oh, yeah, no, no, I, mean, I mean you you, my, you really my review, didn't like it my review i think i think the game i think heavy rain as i mean uh, beyond as a game is just so much better than 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 anything quantic has done beforehand i mean even the qts are just a lot more fun in this game yeah uh, but yeah, the, the the story was just. Ugh. Did you not like it because it was so fractured and disjointed? Uh I mean that that certainly doesn't help. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't think the way they told the story really adds any meaning or value to to it. And the the explanation for why it's told that way at the end is hilarious. I think, but uh, well, I, 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 I think to that point. I think I think the storytelling is just really really bad. And for a game where all the mechanics drive storytelling, that's really odd to me. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think a key thing that I don't like about Beyond is that it, it once again it, it so heavily is inspired by Hollywood cinema that that you feel like you're just playing tropes, you know, you're just playing through things that you've already seen in movies that have been done better. You know? Perhaps <laughs> there, 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 there's there, some there, original there, stuff and fun there, moments. There, I think I think the original stuff is few and far apart. You know, like I mean. It, you know, the, like the CIA training montage, like that was just well. But that's clearly a train the player on the mechanics of the game montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, just the way they they approach it, I think. I think also the writing. Cage is a terrible writer. Like, it's just the, I don't the, know. The, the, I I don't want to go into too many spoilers. I mean, the demo goes over this, but like, you you there's one point where Jody's like. You made me do that to a democratically elected president? <laughs> like like really like would any human being ever say that? <laughs> like I feel I feel bad for Ellen Page that she has to say say these like ridiculous things. You have you have such great talent and you're giving them horseshit lines. You know? It's funny you should say that because a, a great deal was made of Ellen Page's involvement in in the game. How how much does her being that character actress contribute and at what point did you start to think maybe well i wish she had kind of said hey i've acted a lot and this is really not that good maybe you should i i don't i think that taking it's not that good as gospel i I didn't think it would i didn't i feel like my uh my meter is particularly sensitive in that way and i never felt like oh this is horseshit i i really Mm -hmm. was kind of in it and and yeah i mean there there are definitely cliched Sequences, I, I think but, I think most every sequence in that game is 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 a pretty blatant uh, 
cliche. Like, uh, just from. I mean, I, I guess I could grant you that, but like not every, any more every, than every, any other video game. Oh, is. yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, other video games have stronger mechanics backing them, you know? Mm. Uh, the, the story takes a second seat. Like, the story is there to propel the, mecha- the mechanics while beyond the mechanics are there to propel the story. And if the story isn't really doing anything interesting or novel, then for me as a as a player i'm like well why am i bothering here i feel like it was a i approached it like a series of short stories all involving the same characters Uh, and because they're so stylistically different like at one one short story is a horror short story one short story is a science fiction and one's like this action adventure and one's this you know metal gear solid for some reason um but within the within the context of those just limited to the just inside those microcosms i i think i thought they were pretty fun little i i think some of this i i I do believe that some of the short stories are more effective than other ones i think also yeah viewing them as sort of self-contained narratives you know there there is there is certainly you know some enjoyment in that especially the longer scenes where Mm -hmm. there's a clear beginning middle and end to 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 like the arc i think uh, and some of those action sequences were great. The action sequences are really pretty. Uh, that's what I would call them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, disagreement. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a little break here. Since it is uh, episode 187, there's only one place we can go <laughs> with the music. Right about now, NWA court is in full effect. Judge Trey residing. In the case of NWA versus the police department, prosecuting attorneys are MC Fred, Ice Cube, and Easy Motherfucking E. Order, order, order. Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help your black ass? You goddamn right. Won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back because I'm brown. All right. So. That's how it is. <laughs> Do you remember back in the day? Oh, I remember back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, Andrew Who would just, have thought that Ice Cube would be a, in a rollicking TV and movie romp called Ride Along where he plays a cop. Oh, how the world changes. There's so many weird things in the world. I mean, how can you ever watch any episode of Law and & Order and not just scratch your head and be like, how... What? <laughs> How'd this happen? <laughs> anyway, uh, Andrew was uh, getting excited. I think I know what he's getting excited about. On the NPD numbers, the well, PlayStation 3 had its first North American hardware sales win over the Xbox. Oh, man. Well, not, not first ever. It's just I mean, first, it, first in how long? In, in three years. <laughs> so it feels like forever, but... So let's put off the new consoles, baby. Sony's like, wait, 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 wait. Interesting. You know, you have to sort of attribute that, especially at retail, to the GTA bundle. It's Which, a really good deal. It really is. Yeah. What it's like two seventy, and you get a, a you know two fifty gig PS three and a copy of the game. Co- game's like sixty bucks already. So, I, I you know it's a two hundred dollar pe- PS three. Yeah, for people that are getting into the generation late, that is an awesome deal. So, yeah, and Sony's thinking that you know Sony is doing a lot of thinking. One of the things they announced this week, clearly being concerned about the software situation to go along with the launch. Uh, they bolstered their PS4 software lineup with a bunch of cross-buy uh, reworks of games for PlayStation 4, new versions. I, I, it's not, you can't really call them HD versions because in many cases, they were already HD games. They're doing uh, Flower, 
for PS4, which is now going to run 60 frames per second. Nice. So, you know, eventually, eventually that $200 I was willing to pay for Flower, it's going to pay off. <laughs> it's going to have paid off. By the way, these are cross-buy titles, so if you already have them... Oh, you can just re-download? Yeah. Well, and it's going to be kind of a bummer for people who bought the compilation discs, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't think that they have that logged in the PlayStation Network store, so I don't know how to handle that. So No, but I mean, they could check... I mean, yeah. just assume that if you own disc-based games, that they won't transfer into new generations. Yeah, you but. may well not wind up on the uh, good end of this. But if you have the PSN versions, you're going to be very happy because if you got Flower, you've got a PlayStation Four version of Flower coming. They, they cool. advertise 1080p. I, I think it was already rendering at 1080p, but it is definitely wasn't 60 frames. I so want, that's awesome. I want every company to copy Sony in this regard. The fact that you know a lot of these games are cross by PS3, Vita, and PlayStation Four, where mm-hmm. you just you bought There's it on one platform. Three systems with wildly different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're they're paying, fun, they're, yeah. they're paying a lot of money behind the scenes to make that happen. But or as some a, money, but but as a as a consumer, I don't care. Like that just sounds like magic to me. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I, it, that, and actually, it's it not, should be it should look like magic it, with all know, the people behind the you scenes. Know what, you know what? It, it's not even magic. I, as a consumer, I feel like that's how it should be. Actually, I feel like yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's not magic. It's, it's, it's the opposite. Of well, magic. it's definitely interesting because you look at things like that. And that's so uncommon. Uh-huh. It's so uncommon, it's so but, uncommon when you, but when you buy uh, a new in, in, the, in the game, right? Yeah, that's, that's my point. In the gaming industry, it's so uncommon. But like you said, when you buy a new iPhone or you buy a new, like all your apps, just right there, and they're upgraded to work on the new thing, and no problem. This group um, of games certainly appears to have a strong advocate, at least uh, at Sony Santa Monica, because the other titles are Sound Shapes, yep. Flow, and Escape Plan. Now, Escape Plan is especially interesting to me because I thought it was one of the very fun, one of the more fun early uh, Vita, Vita games. games. Yeah, it's very good. But it utilizes the back touch a lot. So I'm wondering how, I mean, well, you got front touch on the, on the PS4 controller. Kind of. Yeah, but you don't have the. I mean, there there's there's places in Escape Plan where you're yeah, pinching, you have to touch the stuff yeah, behind right, or pop something from behind, right? Or you, or sometimes you have balloons and you're like squeezing the balloons to get the air to come out the right direction. So I'm curious how they're going to wind up duplicating. I'm pretty sure they're just going to use front touch only for. Well, I, I mean, that's all yeah, they have. Yeah, that's all they have. But it does also introduce uh, something to use the front touch pad on your new PS4 controller on. So that's really cool. Uh, no journey though. Where's journey? Where no journey? Come on. I'm standing here with open arms. Well, granted, journey. granted that is that game has online components, so I, I feel like could be more challenging. They're you know like do you make PS3 and PS4 players play with each other? Yeah, they, magic, more magic. Well, again, the yeah. more and again, the more technical and the more challenging the game granted, is, are, the harder it's going to be. To all those it. games are running Fire Engine, right? I think so. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm assuming that Fire Engine's being ported to PS4, which might alleviate the the cross platform differences. You know, yeah, that could be part a big yeah. part of it. Sounds like it. So a, a question came up in the thread last week, which is related to all this, about uh, games that deserve another chance in the next generation. And this was centered mostly around the discussion for Crackdown, mm. which uh, always gets lots of mmms and everybody Such excited. Even even Phil Spencer has you know said, I loved Crackdown. It's awesome. Just kinda, is, you just kind of forget about Crackdown 2. Yeah, no one, <laughs> no one says, oh man, I loved Crackdown 2. Right. Well, it's like Ghostbusters. Everybody <laughs> wants a new Ghostbusters. They don't think about Ghostbusters 2 so much. God damn it, Bill Murray. Sign on already. <laughs> so, uh, Bailey, you threw out uh, some of their some of his favorites, and then we've got a, a, a little list here, but I'm curious what some of you guys would add to this of, of games that deserve another chance to shine. So, Crackdown, uh, Enslaved was thrown out well, there. That's, I know you're the big fan of Enslaved. I'm a well, huge flame, fan of Enslaved, but I don't, know you, I don't think it needs a sequel. Well, Enslaved is coming out again this holiday season. Yeah, for, PC. For, PC. Yeah. for PC and PS3. So. So if you've been waiting for your Wait, PC copy, what, it, 
What do you mean PS3? They're making an enhanced version for PS3 again for some reason. Okay. I don't know. It's All right. really bizarre. So maybe maybe that game is getting a... Well, PC will give it a longer life. But I mean, it, it was Journey to the West and it was fantastic. But I feel like it's sort of encapsulated and 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 it's done. And I don't I don't want I, sh- I don't want a forced enslaved two. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, next one was Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata did have party animals. It did, which yeah. did not do well. Which did not yeah. do well. Oh, well, it's sort of the same Crackdown like environment too, right? Like Crackdown one, big popular. Crackdown two, a little bit later, not as popular. Um, I love Viva Pinata one though. I love it, Viva, it did Viva kill Pinata my first one. Xbox 360. But it killed I your it. Xbox. Yeah, that was my first. That was the first red ring for me. It was hmm. during some heavy Viva Pinata sessions. But <laughs> well, you're not supposed to actually use it as a pinata. You know, oh, I know that's my problem. <laughs> feeding feeding those damn pinatas was real. Actually, was quite mesmerizing. And it was beautiful too at the time. I think that game, you know, yeah. that you was could, one of those next gen sort of moments with all the detail and the color. And, and I was like, I was playing it on Windows Vista on my <laughs> on my games for Windows machine. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, we were so naive right. back then, weren't we all? <laughs> the next one he throws out is La Noire. What? I, Dude, I'm a I, huge fan of Ellie Noir. I think that really? is a great game. No, I I'm, do. I, you know what? I like. I, I it thought, just lasted too long. If it had ended no, before I, the fire missions, GTA made me realize something about Ellie Noir. Actually, in driving around LA in GTA Five, where you can get across the city in a couple minutes, and it's like, oh, like this feels like LA, and it feels smaller than LA. But God, like. That was Ellie Noir when it would take like 15 minutes to get where you wanted to go because you, you had to drive across. You could game. you could start skipping, yes, but it was like and that's eventually all you did was call a cab and get in <laughs> it and skip to the next location but, and you saw a little series of vignetted scenes because you were so tired of driving back and forth across LA. The facial technology in that game alone and the fact that they managed to make a riveting game out of staring at somebody's facial expressions. I I think that game it's not enough credit. It's, I, I, it's I, really, think, I think all the things. things. In, oh, I think all of that should just be wrapped into GTA or another. It's, it's like or a mini a game Dead. from a Blade right, from like, Blade Runner where you're doing void camp tests. I mean, <laughs> I, well, I want a Blade Runner game that's exactly uh, L.A. Noir in the future. Yeah. But I, I think the problem with L.A. Noir is that uh, that Heavy Rain did everything it tried to do but better. So, mm. uh, mm. Like I think I think I think the things that LA, there's stuff that L.A. Noir tried to do that. That they did a good job on, but really, ultimately, think, it wasn't that. I think it was groundbreaking. Narrative. I just don't need another game just like that. Or well, a sequel I wouldn't that. want a game I, just like it. But uh, and no I one's going to use motion like, scan ever like that facial thing. So no sad because it's awesome. It wasn't really that awesome. It was just, that, I don't really know. It's awesome. really good. Just, We're getting really good just, facial. Yeah, it's stuff just now. It's FMVs just thrown on people's faces. Like I don't. I thought that was awesome. I loved it. All right, I'll throw, you out, I'll throw you out the other three as a sort of uh, grab bag from which you can choose El Shaddai, Child of Eden, and Warhammer Space Marine. I pick a Warhammer Space Marine of those three. Did you play that? I played all three of them. Yeah, and I'd actually see Child of Eden too, personally. But I mean, I feel like the, I feel like there will be other games in the. I'll say El Shaddai because that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, Shane Shane was always the champion, and well, Shaddai I, was clever and was a but at but its core was you know rooted in a lot of you've seen these sort of mechanics before it was visually very interesting interesting i, I never really took to this child style. of eden I, I i don't know if it deserves another chance i mean as much as i loved res yeah it wasn't it wasn't new res no and it was you know trying to serve the connect functionality a lot and as much as i as much as I wanted to try to like it then, and even for a little while I got caught up in it, I think in retrospect, if I was to set up a Connect right now and play Child of Eden with Connect, that I would go, what the hell was I thinking? 
At least that's that's the way I remember it. I think mm, I think I could probably do that. Is that sort of like getting your kid to eat like the take the or your dog to eat the pill by like okay, well you're gonna play a connect game. We're gonna wrap it in this tasty <laughs> morsel of res. And here awesome. you go. Here you go, Garnet. This, it, that's not a bad analogy. And then finally, Space Marine. Space Marine actually was a was a quite nicely put together game. It was a lot of fun mechanics to it. I don't know why that game didn't do better. I honestly don't. I don't know Every, what was I missing. don't know. I feel like everyone was talking about it when it came out, and then, you know, it kind of just... I mean... It was a THQ game, so... Well, that's it, true. It was sort of... It never doomed. seemed like it got out of the core, like... It, it, but it was, it, it was what it was unabashedly, and you just go in and you kill... Waves and waves of orcs, and it's really actually, fun. Uh, the developers, the uh, former developers of the Space Marine series, they, I, I forget which site they did it, but they did, I think it's Penny Arcade Report. They have like what their plans for two and three were going to be. Uh-huh. So oh, wow. You, you should probably oh, that'd be cool. track that down and mm-hmm. you can you can imagine it in your head and then, you know, start a Kickstarter. You dem- imagineering and engination. <laughs> yeah. uh, Woogie threw out a group of three that I lumped together, which were uh, Majin and Folklore and Puppeteer. So you know what I mean? It's like Puppeteer. I've like thought about it. He's Majin? A, Majin and the, and the Forsaken King. I remember that. That was the, you have a giant, right? Right. Or some sort of tree looking It was much beloved by people to play with. One of yeah. the last And it's the closest, oh, it's, it's the closest thing to the last Guardian we ever got this generation. Did you play it? So you played it? I did. And it was, oh, I would have thought that would have been a game you liked. Sort of, sort of it's no, art, The art is great. Game. I found it to be very clunky. Yeah, but it, it definitely locked, lacked polish, you know? Remind me what Folklore was, though. Uh, Folklore was the PS3 launch title. The, from the developers of Majin and the first thing came uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Seeing where Woogie's uh, coming from here. Yeah. Dude, I want to jump on the next one. Which well, is... we skipped over Singularity. Oh, yeah. Well, we can't. Don't, don't worry. Everyone did. <laughs> yeah. There, there was nothing. I played through the entire game, and there was whew, that was not fun. But, but, but not, not entirely just because it was, you know, cliched sci-fi. Uh, but uh, that had a lot of it to do with it, right? And, and uh, the the idea of the game was, oh, you get to change stuff as you go, and it was just these t- these like binary points. Yeah, it was more more like uh, <laughs> the Mickey Mouse game, uh, which which I'm gonna call it Wiki the freaking Mickey game where you have the paint epic Mickey no, epic, epic Mickey. Mickey. Yeah. Anyway, God, I'm so bad today. I I really should have had more food. And the one you wanted to hop on, Jeff, is the saboteur. Yes, I think about that game all the time. The the what? one thing I the really one, do. It's the, a what? Super, no, you don't. I the, swear to God, I do. Yeah, like the, every day, you're the, the, thinking the last thing I wake, the first thing I do in the morning. <laughs> like hi, the, honey. <laughs> oh, I wish the world was black and white. <laughs> the lasting legacy what? of that really? game in my mind is that it introduced Michael Bublé to me. That that is that <laughs> what? is what. Because the, the theme song for the saboteur was, uh, you know, I never played Michael the saboteur. Play. It looked, I mean, so the story of the saboteur is that you're in the French uh, resistance during yeah. World War II. Open world game, done done by uh, uh, pandemic. 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 Yeah. Was, yes. was it their last game or second to last? Game? I think it might have been their last game. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. So what about it is so appealing to you? This is a game. If you go back and watch my totally rad show review of it, I. I wasn't like I, I I was positive about it. I I know I had a good time, but I had all these very specific uh, problems with it. it. It was not a perfect game. I'm not saying it was, but for some reason it has stayed with me, and I think about it all the time. The fact that it it was an open world game in a time period that's really interesting. The mechanics of it, how the the mission structures and how it added that verticality to a GTA type of a thing. In, in the same way that Crackdown did, where, you, you know, you can go over obstacles rather than just through them, and you know, with climbing and all that stuff. The fact that I I climbed 
the Eiffel Tower with my bare hands. Mm. That's a funny, and then and then leaped off it with a parachute. That's a fun experience. It was campy and over the top with the the storytelling. It was you know like you're on zeppelins and you're shooting guys, and it was a blast. That game was so underrated. I really really oh, like. Once it. again, it's a it's a problem of polish, but it was a lot of fun. I did I did platinum that game, so I clearly oh. had problems. Uh, so then, last two before we get into ours, uh, Darksiders and Bulletstorm. Darksiders, I feel like had its second chance and, yeah. and sort of still whiffed. might have another. I mean, someone bought that, right? Yep. So yeah. you never know. I mean, you never know if someone's gonna. I don't know who bought it. I don't even know. Well, was it a Deep Silver? Uh, no, no. Uh, the license is owned by like a conglomerate corporation, but the developers got bought off by Crytek. Huh. To, so well, I mean, cool. hopefully, hopefully, we'd see more of that. Both of I the, think both that, of these. Games. I think that's a franchise that I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Darksiders is dead. I think Darksiders will come back. Yeah, the shame of it was that maybe not. Was that generation? They seem to have taken. They seem to have heard too much. The complaint about the first, the quote unquote complaint that the first one was like Zelda. And that's not, not a complaint that's and, what i liked about it and mis and confused it because but i think if you go back and look at it, i think that there was probably room for them to say oh people are knocking us for being too much like zelda I, when in fact that's actually what people really loved know, it, about i think it. it's interesting too because that was that felt like a slow burn for me that game the first game in terms of like it sort of there's like a lot of people played it at first but then more and more people really started to appreciate it by the time the second one was starting to come out it's like oh yeah tons of people like oh yeah dark siders dark siders dark siders and i think sometimes if you're a dev that goes okay new ip okay, now we have to really get going on the second one right away. You're reacting only to that very first group. Mm-hmm. And maybe when you're halfway through and people are like, oh man, it's like Zelda. It's so awesome. You're like, ah, shit. Like we sort of, like those first people were all like, eh, the Zelda-ness is a little bit too much. And we went away from that. And now all the people that are loving this game Because I think it. the second one, it was the open worldness of it that so- seemed to have sort of lost people. Uh, I really liked both of them. Okay. And uh, I, I, I liked the first one more than the second one. The second one had loot, which was really an interesting loot. thing to throw into a Zelda game. But yeah, it, it meandered a little more. Just I, I think because of the open world stuff. But the fa- I think the problem with the first one is that the first hour you think you're in God of War. You think mm-hmm. you're playing God of War, and you're actually playing Zelda. And the fact that I don't I don't think people got the fact that it was as Zelda y as it becomes. But it is fantastic. And I I when it came out, I kept saying, why have not more people just ripped off Zelda like this? Like this is a great. It could be a genre. And Darksiders 1 is, is the, well, out of these, Darksiders 1 sits pretty high on my pile of shame. It's one that I would still really like to play. It's a Sabat- very good game. Saboteur I've looked at before and said, I should play that. And then I've thought, eh, I, I can live without ever having played that. But Darksiders, You'll I You'll think like, about it for the rest of your life. I know. Life. I wake up every morning <laughs> and go, God, I got to play this out. All the Saboteur. So Bulletstorm, do you guys, Bulletstorm gets a lot of attention as well as being, they'll come back to Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm. They'll come back to Dick Mechanically. I mean, that's, I did, the, I did, that's the problem. Is I don't that think they need to go back to the brand, but that style of game, yeah. I think I would that's love the, to see The problem that. with that game is that it, it, it's inextricably linked to dick tits. Yeah. And what, what it really was, more than that, is this wildly fun, creative playground of killing but it you wasn't know. vanquish so let's 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 remember it wasn't vanquish Is that there, there's list? a game that should be on the list <laughs> yeah there we go all right i'm gonna jump i have i have like four that i jotted down for myself so i can kind of keep this rolling one of the ones that for me i've been sort of wondering why this hasn't happened yet but also dreading what might happen if it did is onimusha and I think that's that's definitely driven by a romanticized remembrance of Onimusha. Yeah. But also also a also a thought of having played Onimusha back in the day and thinking to myself, wow, what could this be on more powerful systems? 
And now having seen, you know, look, you know, DMC was really successful. I wasn't in love with parts of it, but I liked a whole lot of it. I liked the action. I liked the way that the game came together at the end. I just, Onimusha is a really interesting franchise to play with. I think the problem with making Onimusha now is that it would just be generic, uh, Samurai yeah, fighting game. No, no, they can put Keanu Reeves in it, and it'll be oh. fine. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> but do you, do you like the new how many, Reno? How many so they had Ronin. Reno before, and now they'll go with Keanu Reeves. It's uh, great. No, but fantastic. But the thing about Onimusha is that it really was old school Resident Evil with right, a Samurai. That, yeah, right, exactly. and that's, and that's why it was awesome. forget. That, no one makes games want, like that anymore. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully, Evil Within. Well, there you go. Hopefully, hopefully, and that's why I would love that. I would love that Onimusha. Yeah, or Dino Crisis. Oh God, a Dino Crisis. Dino oh, Crisis would be fucking oh my rad, wouldn't it? So, oh my God, so, the, fr- the first one or the second one? I'm kind of on the first one. I probably go first, but I mean, like, really, just make a new game but, like but that. Spiritual see, I think, successor. I think, I think it's Do really it. interesting that we're tapping to generations that are much earlier much than earlier. Yeah. Yeah. PS3, yeah. 360. Because for me, actually, I'd be much more excited. And I think publishers would probably be more excited to tap into like PS2 and PS1 era uh, IPs yeah. and like bring them back. Because for me, I'm just like. Yeah, you know what? Whatever. Like the the last generation's like been still pretty. Well, fresh I'm going to go mind. further back. Well, with the I, right I, team on it, I would walk to the ends of the earth for a vagrant story. Oh yeah, for sure. I would. I want Star Tropics though. Oh, that's what Nintendo. Needs I to want do. Grandia. Give me Grandia. Yes. Yeah. Why hasn't anyone just blatantly copied the Grandia I, combat no system? Idea. It's perfect. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you another one. EA needs to make X Wing versus Tie Fighter too. They uh, they will. That's that they will. X Wing versus Tie Fighter Two is like 120 player multiplayer and voice chat with everyone. I'm telling you right now, they will. That's going to happen. I, I hope I have so. No doubt about it. It should. Hmm. I have I, no doubt about it. I I, I managed. Will happen. I managed to mention this game every time I'm on. So I'll just say it again. F Zero. Just <laughs> <laughs> come on, Nintendo. <laughs> What's that? Nintendo buried that in the backyard. <laughs> so like they're drink, trying to pretend everybody it doesn't drink. exist. <laughs> and on on that on that role playing game uh, discussion. I and I, this game was evidently in pre-prod at one point uh, before Yoshida left and and you know got to a higher level within Sony. Legend of Dragoon, yeah. Legend of Dragoon was I loved those I, games. I, I loved that game. I loved the combat mechanics that it yeah. had. And I like. The I, story. I really I I would love to see the JRPG come back. I, I feel like the JRPG sort of died this generation, but man, I I would love to see. And that come back was that. strong enough that you have these different variations in it, and because because I think that what's happened now is especially as it's gone away is it, is there's become sort of this monotone perception of what a JRPG is, and it wasn't like that at all. There wasn't yeah. a there wasn't just one model under which they were all built. There were just similar characteristics across yeah. them. Yeah, I mean now it's just Tales and Final Fantasy. That's pretty much yeah. it, you know. Uh, and then last one for me that I had jotted down here and because it would just be an easy one and it could be like a downloadable title would be a new Jet Moto. Oh, I can't I can't believe Jet Moto has sat you know, they did I the was one. I was never a fan of that, but Yeah, especially like when those. Wave Race existed. Who needs Wave Race or Jet Moto when you have GTA? Right. You can <laughs> you can wave race all you want. I do I did like your Power Stone. You oh I have Power Stone, I forgot about Power, power, power Stone that. would be awesome too. You know what Power Stone is now is is like it's a MOBA, basically. No, no, kind of. no, no. I mean, I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying in that it is like a. It it would actually could be an amazing free competitive game in this day and age. Like it could sort of do that, but it is not even close to. A when you when you, had, <laughs> when you had, I appreciate what you're saying, but you're dead wrong. <laughs> I mean, I well, just, at, least, at least I'm appreciated. I remember when you were collecting the stones and you got down. You had two, and you were like about to get the third one, and everybody else was like, like after the, after you, super hardcore. And then if you could just slide in there and get that last stone and transform, you would just wipe the screen oh, and yeah. it was 
fucking badass. <laughs> All right. So after this conversation, none of you guys can say you want new IPs ever again. Never complain about sequels. Here's the subject of this here's, story was. Here's the point. Is if you're gonna if you're gonna play it safe and do something, like here's some that would be good and already have some brand recognition and some loyalty. Most of these games are not playing it safe. Most of these games making sequels to them is playing yeah. it stupid. It's like it's basically we, we just came like, up with a list well, of every game that doesn't before, have a sequel. So let's try it again. Ooh, yeah, at least it's right. a crazy taxi. Yeah, X Wing versus Tie Fighter Two is not stupid. They should also do Super Star Wars games like 16-bit style for the new movies. So we also had an awesome thread about, uh, and this was this was a thing that Ozzy kicked off last week of what arcade cabinet would you like yeah. in your house? Oh, oh, this reminds me. Oh, Did, my prayers have been answered. And one of the arcade cabinets I totally forgot last last week, but I just saw the trailer for the reboot, remake, rebirth, whatever of Strike. Oh, you, wow! You're you're late on that. <laughs> I just finally saw the gameplay one. I knew I knew they were making it for like a year or whatever. But the I hadn't seen the gameplay trailer. Oh my god! I completely forgot. That is one of my favorite stand-up arcade games of all time. My god, I loved that game. I would ride my bike down to Seven uh, Eleven and dump quarters into that thing. Oh my god! Seven Eleven so had arcade games because uh, I it's a simpler time. Yes, I was a child. The- James, do you have any classic favorites? Did you remember? I mean, we had a great selection. I mean, pretty much everybody has hit the key ones. A bunch of classic Capcom fighting games, Street Fighter, right. uh, mentioned many times. Man, uh, some of the other classics like Discs of Tron, of course, mm, in there. Good one. Picking one is so hard. I think you'd have to go with something that's like kind of, and I'm like thinking this through my head as I talk about it because uh, you'd have to go something almost infinitely replayable, like one of the earlier high score driven games versus like, you know, immediately I always think about like Simpsons or X-Men or something like that. But it's like, once you finish that, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't want this arcade machine yeah, sitting here anymore. But you go know, back I'm, to like, I don't know. It's something it, it, For me, it has to be something with great multiplayer. I, 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 I That's why I, I said joust last week. I think that mm. would be, that'd be a real strong contender for me. Um, Something that you can st- stand next to somebody, Street Fighter, Off Road Rally. Oh my god, yeah! Off-road or Super Rally. Sprint, Super Sprint would be yeah. good, dude. That yeah. four player X Men machine that is really hard to argue. Cruel Legacy threw that one out there, and it is or even Gauntlet. I, well, that was the, that would be the Gauntlet, one for me. Gauntlet would be so, yeah, Gauntlet would be up there for me. Yeah, for in sure. my in my you know showing up my age when I was in college, we would go to the uh, UC and just don't and, and go in there like literally with like rolls, rolls of, of quarters, quarters yeah. full fucking rolls of quarters, and drink beer and play gauntlet and just play over and like because it was so it's so damn freaking addictive yeah. especially I mean, when you have all four slots filled i mentioned this game every podcast but i'm F-Zero. just zero i'm just gonna say machine i'm just gonna say f-zero ax had an amazing <laughs> arcade machine did it feel like just warning labels all around it saying like like in japanese things you will get hurt because you will <laughs> you will like, get hurt like the, just the the motion stuff that they do with it and like the way the 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 uh, the seat like rumbles and whatnot. You you will get bruises, will get and that hurt. always makes me think of Hydro Thunder. I always like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Do, well, is there any is there any After consideration Burner. in your mind it, when you're talking about owning an arcade, a giant arcade game? Oh shit, Sega GT. Is there Sega GT. is there any consideration in your mind about having something that has a really unique input because it's a stand up arcade? So no, that you couldn't I, replicate I, it. I, I think if I'm gonna actually put the damn thing in my house, it has to be replayable. Which is why fighting games are instantly like. Right up there, and Dude, if you had the giants, if you had the giant afterburner with the chrome cage where like the cockpit spins around inside right. there, or or even like uh, you know, House, takes of, up the, a whole House room. of the Dead or the something, room is gone. Oh, yeah, you know, something like that. But it's like at a certain point, if you keep playing House of the Dead over and over, you know where all the zombies are yeah, popping up sure. at. So it's like, I'm kind of like, again, I'm if I'm gonna, again, I have to pick one machine, Dude, get that, the mad dog McCray. 
Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Uh, all right so anyway it was a great th- it was a great thread enjoyed talking about those if you want to pick that up we can pick that up again next week of course we'll have the official show thread with your uh place to submit questions what else should we uh, tell them about before we move on to finishing moves i don't know we'll just do finishing moves finishing moves all right i have a two-part finishing move if you happen to be uh, one of our listeners in australia or new zealand you can partake of uh, the second game we have the pleasure of having put together for your mobile devices out right now uh, in a little soft launch on iOS would be Frazzle, P-H-R-A-Z-Z-L-E. Uh, I like this game. It feels and like the, this game was written right just for me. <laughs> I think the game is it's a pretty straightforward and simple game. It's free to play, so you can get it for free, obviously. Uh, if That would be the free to play thing. It was kind of redundant, wasn't it? Uh, it's, the premise is very simple. Each day we give you a prompt, which is a subject matter, and then we give you some letters like an acronym, and you come up with a funny phrase to go with it. To, so to, much fun. To, I got hooked on this game. You let me beta test it, and I had so much fun. So we've, we've polished it some more since then. Uh, North American Worldwide release coming soon. It will also be out on Android. Uh, so don't worry. We're not leaving the Android folks out of, out of the water. But right now, we're, we're just... We're, the reason we're doing this is to make sure that number one that the servers are working when we put three and four thousand people on them. We've run we've run theoretical tests against them by flooding them with you know data. It would be nice to throw real people data in there, and uh, just to see how well the voting mechanic works. So basically, what happens is you submit your phrase, and then the next day you rank with a bunch of other people who rank against yours, and then the day later and the day later you vote. So that ultimately, we get to the phrase of the day that is the funniest, hopefully, and best of them. Uh, so it's great. It's a great game to do right before you go to bed or on the toilet or whatever. You just come up with one, and then you get to look the next day and see how you, how everybody else what everybody else thought up. One and of the motivations good, good fun. behind the uh, behind the design for the designer was that he'd been playing Hero Wars a bunch, and then as many of those asynchronous games go, had been getting a bunch of games piled up, and then was always having to go back and play more. And had some friends who would be like, "Oh, I make a move, they may make a move," and so you were always feeling like you had to play this game. You can play as much as you want during the day, but you could also sit down and play once and and have played it. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll have done right. everything you need to do, and then you can go on and play it. You can keep playing the next day, but you could literally be just only spending a couple of minutes with it and it. still be enjoying the game. I like it. And then uh, part two is that our good friend John Davison <gasps> yes, has finally gotten first for gamers out on iPhones worldwide. And Super first cool. is a, it's, it's an interesting sort of uh, social network aggregation tool for video gamers. And if that doesn't make any sense, just it's Twitter. If instead of following people, you follow topics and stories. And right. games, and the idea being that you can bring anything that you would like to into the conversation and link it, and then people can comment underneath that as if they were in a threaded conversation thread. So you can bring including pictures and yeah. video, and yeah, you could start a headline, Pretty you could start a subject, you could say, "Hey, out there, who's playing Beyond? What do you think?" Or you could link to uh, an interview or a story off of a website, or you could put in a picture, and all of that gets it becomes conversations and they bubble up based on a number of different ways. You can follow people, you can follow games. Anyway, it's called first for gamers. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things with first in the iTunes store. So I, I searched for first and I got everything but that. So you need to Wasn't search it F it exclamation is, point. No, it's first. It's just, oh. it's just FIRSTs, but search oh, yeah. first for gamers and you will actually get it because there's lots of other things with first in there. Hmm. Uh, so there you go. Jeff, what do you have? Well, one of the things that uh, we don't often get a chance to do or just don't end up doing is revisiting things that we talk about from week to week. And you and I were talking about this. So I wanted to mention uh, that I have still been avidly playing Card Hunter and Hearthstone, 
Uh, and it, Hearthstone is very different once you start once, once you start pronouncing it correctly. Um, I was doing my own joke, Garnet. Uh, anyway, they're both very, very, very good games. Still, still addicted to both of them. Card Hunter definitely has some wicked difficulty spikes. Man, oh, it's there are moments where I'm just beating my head against the wall because the game is just so evil. It'll throw weird strange monsters with strange armor or you know a, a crazy powerful guy or it's just uh really interesting and 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 it's it's almost as puzzly as it is anything else um and you know i i paid the 25 dollars, so i'm in for a month and, and i've been playing a lot of it hearthstone they had a big wipe and uh new a whole bunch of new stuff new cards still as damn good as ever those guys know how to make a freaking game um, so yeah, I'm still actively playing both. I have not gotten off the train of either and, uh, can still heartily recommend them. James, what's up with you, sir? Well, we have, we have a game coming out in a couple of weeks. Hey, I'm very excited. what do you know? About. Yeah. So, uh, Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus will be out on uh, PlayStation three. You can download it on the PSN store. That's when they uh, go inside an Android tablet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and there's a lot of fun legal issues around that, by the way. <laughs> they're, they're entertaining. But I never um, played Quest for Booty. You didn't play Quest for Booty? Oh, well, you get a free copy of Quest for Booty in the box, too. Wow, uh, Or with your download, yeah. Uh, and if you have played it and you buy the retail copy, you can give the code to a friend or something. But uh, it's a classic Ratchet and Clank game. It's the epilogue to the future series. Um, after the last, like, four years working on... All for one and FFA, which were a lot of fun. It is definitely really fun to have worked on this guy, and um, it's a really good game. I think everyone's going to enjoy it if you like Ratchet and Clank. And it comes out on the twelfth, so right before you. It's it's a shorter game. It's longer than uh, Q4B and stuff, but it's something you can play, you know, in a few good sittings. So uh, if you decide to, uh, you can pick that up on the twelfth, and you could play it until your PlayStation Four arrives uh, a few days later and have a good time. So nice little love letter to the Ratchet fans. Cool. And it's only thirty bucks, right? Yeah, twenty nine ninety nine. That's great. And Andrew, you get to uh, anchor us. Uh, so I signed up for this service called Freedom Pop, which is a MVNO uh, that offers... He's talking about a phone. Yes. Uh, I should stop using acronyms like that. Uh, it's, a, it's a mobile phone service that uh, they launched. Uh, they just launched into beta, uh, and I signed up for it. So I have this like pretty old Android HTC Evo design uh, phone. But it's interesting. the The gimmick is that the monthly data, uh, monthly plan is free. So it's zero dollars for, I think, five hundred megs of data and two hundred minutes. Uh, it's definitely a beta. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that. I, I I can't wholeheartedly recommend it yet, uh, especially if you're not particularly tech savvy. If you're if you don't want to like update your PRL every like few days or whatnot. Uh, but but if you can get around that, if like it. It's pretty incredible value. Uh, so for me, I'm I I haven't canceled my Sprint service yet, but it it's definitely interesting. And if 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 that's something that you want to look into, uh, that that's the name of the service, Freedom Pop. Are they launched everywhere or just LA? Uh, I think they're pretty much everywhere. Everywhere that has a uh, Sprint coverage. So, hmm. uh, so it's like a hundred bucks for the phone, but you don't recommend it. Like I said, it's very much a beta. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I, very I, much I, a beta. You're gonna have to jump through all these hoops. And... I, no, I mean, I would. Tor- but it's a free phone. I would I mean, totally service. service. I would totally recommend it for people that like know what they're getting themselves into. Would you get <laughs> it? Would, would Would you get it for your mom? Probably not. But would you get it? For, like, I would recommend it for people like me, where I like 
Like right. this is this is fun for me. I like so, I like having recommending it a, this to himself. Yes, <laughs> it's a finishing move just for me, <laughs> which is how I really end all my nights. Heyo! <laughs> I'm glad he took it there. And on that note, we'll wrap this uh, part of the show up. If you're not sticking around, of course you should stick around for the tailgate brought to you by the Press Row Podcast from Operation Sports. But if you're not, thanks uh, of course to Atlantis Group Studios, Jamie in the booth running the engineering for us, mm-hmm. and she'll be picking again as well. Hmm? He's like making she said, of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dave and Ozzy here for the first part to talk some Pokemon next week. Nicole will be here to talk Pokemon. Jeff is going to play Pokemon before then. Wow, you really put me on the, on the as well as Wolf <laughs> Among Us, and he's going to finish Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff has his homework. No board games for you this week, Jeff. Yeah, clearly not. Have fun. There will be a quiz. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks very much. That's your weekend confirmed, and we are Ghost. This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. So, Ozzy, how did that, uh, how that San yeah. Diego pick work out what, for you? Uh, I'm so curious to hear what your new favorite team is now that you cannot be a fan of the San Diego I, Chargers. I tweeted earlier this week, I will happily take 0-3 in the tailgate if it means that the Chargers win, win was, a Monday Night Football game. Hedge. <laughs> it was just a misery hedge. I bet against Nebraska all the time. I, refer, like, I, I, I like to go with the reverse jinx every now and then. Uh-huh. For as much as people dog me about how I am for a Cowboys fan, I never bet against my Cowboys. Never! Me never. neither. Oh, I never no, just bet against I, the Niners. I, 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 no. It's nice. It's nice I'll, when you have a critical game and you're like, oh, I don't feel good about this. You put some money down. You either win and you're so happy you don't care you lost money or you're like, oh, damn, we lost. But hey, but how does the watching? I feel like the watching I don't, of that I'm game still rooting for my team. I'm rooting for my I, team. I, I don't care. You're rooting, just rooting against, against your money. <laughs> right. I am rooting against my money. I'd rather have the uh, win. I, but if I lose, then at least it's like, oh, I got this payday. That's nice. I, I was still rooting for my team, and even though it meant rooting against myself in the tailgate and rooting against all my fantasy teams that had Andrew Luck starting. <laughs> what I like is the nice split last week of New England and New Orleans. That's a bad beat for whoever was on New Orleans. Yeah. Could have had a three should have had a three in a week, Garnet. Mm. I even said it. I said Belichick never loses two weeks in a row. And then of course he didn't. He did didn't, say that. But I didn't have the courage to actually pick them. So uh <laughs> I think that you, you I, did. You picked New England. Yeah, you did, did pick New England. You I mean, got, that was your only win last week. Yeah. Yay for me. <laughs> you you, you okay. made that point and then you picked them. Doesn't wow. even remember what he's been doing. I don't remember. I also picked, yeah, I picked. The biggest, Jeff, Jeff's the, had a lot of Del Taco this the, week. The, the strong, Too much. by the way, do you, how do you like the they strong performance by Rich now? Rich has come Dude, in and stormed. He has stormed to the lead. He's tied with me. Well, I guess he's technically he's how ahead does that of you. He's 11, he's 11, five and two. And I'm you're 11, 11 six, 6 and Yeah, you have one more loss than him. So, so a that means, better than a loss. That means that by by rule of the show, he must go first this week. So uh, thanks to our friends at uh, the Press Row Podcast, where you should be listening to all of your video game sports related topics. Uh, great podcast there. Yeah, brought to you by is an expert. And really, and really can't wait to hear their take on the NBA 2K14 trailer. Oh, I, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. You can always catch that. Uh, they are brought to you by Operation Sports. Here is Rich, Mr. Ketchup Grisham. 
Well, thank you, Garnet. Hi, everybody. Rich Grisham here. Uh, what do we got this week? Some big games. All right. Up first, you've got the Bengals getting three at Detroit. I'm going with the Lions in this one. Then you've got that hated, the hated rivals, the Eagles hosting the Cowboys. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites. How could I possibly be an Eagles fan if I don't choose them in this game? Right, Ozzie? Uh, and then lastly, you have got the homecoming of Peyton Manning. The, his Denver Broncos heading back to Indianapolis as seven-point favorites. I'm going with the with the Colts in this game. Probably not the wisest choice, but let's just say I'm going to put my money where my mouth is this week. All right, so as always, thank you, Garnet. We love Weekend Confirmed over here at the Press Road Podcast, brought to you by Operation Sports. I'm Rich Grisham, and we'll see you again next week. Yeah, I see he's buttering it up now. He's making it sound. Oh, we love you. It's great. Just no, no problem as we're coming back and gonna gonna rule. He's gonna win your milkshake. He's gonna win the damn weekend. Confirm. We're gonna we're gonna do something about this. All right. So here are the games this week. Uh, as you just heard, the first one is a is a pretty difficult to call one as it's turning out. That would be Cincinnati traveling to Detroit. Cincinnati getting three points going into Detroit. Cincinnati bolstering a, a pretty good defense right now and a pretty good offense too. Uh, they're all right. They're all right. Bernard Bernard definitely in in the running of, of the rookies. Uh, Andy Dalton thrown well <laughs> here and there. He, here and he's there. He's had some rough games here and there. I, I, Andy, Andy Dalton. I'm is, a believer in Cincinnati. Actually, I think they're uh, not a bad team at all. Well, I'm going to take my punches since I'm also in the lead, and I will go first here as well. I think that this is Detroit's game. Defense is typically a stronger advantage at home, and so here they're traveling. Um, I'm. And Detroit's defense, by the way, has also looked very good. And they're they're packing a pretty good pass rush right now. And I'm not sure how well Dalton responds to that. They keep him off base with Bernard some, but I think Detroit. I think Detroit is more than a three point victor in this game. I'm taking the Lions. Well, I've already uh, kind of stuck my neck out for Cincinnati. I I, I really like them. I think <laughs> changing right. his mind now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm on that bandwagon. Ben- Bengals. I, I like the uh, Bengals too. Actually, I think Bengals are going to go on through it. I mean, yeah. Bengals. It's gonna be Bengals. I think, I, I, I think they. I think they went out right. All right, Ozzy, where are you going with I, this one? I think Calvin Johnson's still hurt. Uh, Cincinnati's had a fearsome pass defense, so I'm gonna take the points on this. I'm gonna take Cincy. Okay. That, wow. Everyone lining up against me. All right, uh, Dave and well, well by the well, way, we can get Andrea's well, picking. I, I, yeah, here. actually, Andrea's got Detroit. Andrea so has Detroit, Detroit with me. So you know, Andrea's <laughs> going with the Lions with me as well. And then, uh, how about you, Dave? <laughs> Dave, Dave's immediate response is that Andrea has been horrible, so I'm going with Cincinnati. All right, that was throw under the bus. And Jamie also going with Detroit. All right, so we have a pretty good a pretty good split there. Next game, hasn't up, the booth also been doing terrible this year? <laughs> we're we're making a comeback. All right, get the hell off my get the hell off my lawn, kid. Uh, speaking of my lawn, Dallas, I, I put this in there for everyone who t- would be bad if I didn't because it's my team. I'm scared to death of this game. My Cowboys going into Philadelphia, Philadelphia. I mean, we don't know whether Vic is playing or not. It doesn't seem to matter. It's probably though, not going to play. <laughs> it it might be seem be- to matter. It might be better without him. Yeah. Really? I actually might rather than play Vic. I, this is a team and this is a game that as with most of these NFC East games, everybody gets up for it. So whatever, you know, by the way, they're both leading the division at miserable records so philly's going to be up for it it's at home they're going to play super hard their pace of play if they could get back on like they had the first game or first half of the first game of the season i think could give the cowboys fits i'm still gonna take my cowboys i think that there's good signs there they they had some good performance from the secondary last week uh it really is troublesome that we're without demarco murray uh you know really worries me giving randall a rookie you know first team 
hopefully ball carrying duties in a in a harsh harsh environment like that. You know, Williams has stepped up. Uh, we still got Dez. Tony's looked good. I you know. I yeah, gotta, I gotta a, take my boys. It's I only think two that's and a half point. Very, very uh, realistic pick. I think the Cowboys could easily win this game. I'm taking Philly, but uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think the Cowboys could do. It, but I'm gonna take Philly. <laughs> right. I do. I, I really think this is a. It could go either way. Really. Should be a great game. I think it should be a really good game. game. Yeah. Despite their records and despite how much the NFC East is off this year, I think that that will be a good game to watch. Be an entertaining football game. James, what do you think? Uh, this is really tough. I like to say it's going to be a good game. Dallas has the points. I would normally take that, but there's the home field advantage, which is factored into the points. I might say um, I got. I like the Eagles at home though. Uh, I just not sure Dallas can go on the road and take care of business there. So it's going to be close, but I think Eagles win it by a field goal and barely cover. All right. I mean that's why that's a, and we're using the fantasy nine one one lines. Some of the other lines are three. Unfortunately, this line is two point five. I was like, oh man, couldn't I have the three line? <laughs> but I did not cheat that. Uh, what do you think there, Oz? Uh, Philly's three wins were against teams with a combined one win. That's, <laughs> this that's, is true. That's, that's pathetic. This is true. I'm, I'm not going to back that. I'm going Dallas. <laughs> All right. Andrea has uh, jumped on the Cowboys wagon as well. Have fun with that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're brutal. I'm going to tell her you said that. She's going to hear it. I'm going to tell her you said that. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Dave is trying to make up ground and going with Philly. And Jamie is... Also going with the Eagles in hopes of making a ground. All right. And then our third deciding game this week, the uh, the now controversial homecoming yeah. of Peyton Manning. Man, what a jackass. Ursay, yeah, like, what the hell is wrong with Ursay? I think that that's really juiced this game. This is, it's, it's. Oh, uh, this game was juiced already. Bulletin board material now. I think I it think juiced ma- in a different direction. It was sort of this like very cool honoring, you know, he's right. going to be home. The fans will be excited for him. Now it's sort of I think he wants to crush it, them now. I think he wants to run up the score. <laughs> and poor little Andrew Luck is I mean, if Andy's you're Andrew Luck great. and you hear those comments, don't you think you're like, oh, that could be me in 10 years. That could be me. He's talking oh, shit about in 10 years. For sure. You, you want to know an amazing stat? All at the pace they're on right now. And, and you have to think that this couldn't happen. The Broncos at the end of the season would have four 1,000 plus yard receivers. They're on fucking four receivers with <laughs> over insane. a thousand yards. I think they're on pace for infinity yards. I'm not sure about the <laughs> math on that, but I'm pretty sure they're on pace for infinity. They are, yards. they are a unbelievable machine right now. Uh, and, and they're only getting seven points or they're only giving up seven. Well, points. we already saw how large spreads broke the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Garnet, you should totally take credit for that being the only one on the Jags for, last week's pick yeah, good call smart told you guys and i was actually i was actually surprised at how it went down i was surprised that the jags played the first half oh, really in, well incredibly yeah. competitively well, the well, craziest I just, I just thing think the broncos didn't show up the first half I well the craziest thing is their, the gas. their fans were booing them in the first half yeah booing them <laughs> like because they weren't blowing them out because they all had money on the on their <laughs> team for uh as I said before, Henny has an arm and he can uncork some throws. And Blackman is super underrated. Or not, not not super underrated, but still forgotten about. He's because underrated. Though. He missed. You know, he missed those first four games of the season on his suspension. And I was still, you know, I was like, don't forget, he's if, coming back. If he, if he had a decent quarterback, he'd be one of the top receivers in the league. I probably so. Probably so. so. Okay, so who are you taking? <sighs> it, this is really challenging because if we watch, you know, as we saw in that Colts Chargers game. You just don't know what you're getting out of the Colts right Colts, now. Colts, they look so good some weeks, man. They just and they're, they're at home. They, they are, look, but and they look so solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're at home. Trent Richardson, 
This is Sunday night, right? I think we're getting to the point with Trent Richardson where you have to start asking whether or not he is the real deal. Yeah, and, I guess. And for some reason, you know, in, in, Indy, Indy's weird to me because they we knew they wanted to go run early this season, and yet, you know, they have they you know they've had Ahmad Bradshaw who's doing well, but they wanted Trent Richardson to be lead back. They have Donald Brown who does well, but they want Trent Richardson to be lead back. And Trent Richardson isn't really producing for them the way their other yeah. backs have, but they keep feeding him the rock. I got to go Denver. I got. I think seven is too low a number. If this number were eleven or more, I'd probably go Indy. But at seven points, I got to go Denver. I agree. I am. I'm picking Denver, and I think. I think uh, Peyton wants to kill them. <laughs> I don't think. I think Peyton's too good-hearted a guy to feel like that. I think that he. Dude, that is I think he'll be motivated. Vicious. I don't think he wants to kill them. I think he just wants to. I think it's he wants per, to it go in personal. It was vicious. It was, it I was think he mean. wants to be a pro. I think he wants to go in and be like, yeah. And this is why I'm on a. Pro Bowl MVP season. Here you go. Bye. Maybe. Anyway, I take Epic Denver. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Denver's defense. And true suspect. Andrew Luck playing well at yes. home. Big game. Lots of juice. Um, I you just can't give up seven free points when you're at home. You have a good offense, a good quarterback who's Fair. going to have, I think, a solid, solid day against the Denver defense. And um I think uh, that's a tough place to play. Indianapolis has always been a hard place to play. And it'll be interesting to see how Peyton does as the opposing quarterback. Mm. It's true. It's true. Uh, what do you think, Ozzy? Uh, D- Denver's defense suspect, but Von Miller does come back this week. And, true. It's true. And Indy is a tough p- place to play, but they've always had Peyton on those teams. So I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Denver. He's going to crush them. It's, it's a Sunday night, too. Peyton always has those great, those great night games. He's on stage. They're on stage. All right. Back to the booth, Dave. You still have two picks to go on this one, though. You're going to go with... He's vacillating. He, he can't decide. He's going. He's gonna. He's going with Indy, but he thinks Denver is going to win by three. Hmm. And Jamie, where are you with? And she's with Denver as well. Andrea and also has Denver. Andrea also has Denver. So lots of. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, James and James and Dave are on on Indy. Remember that. Okay, finally, Dave, your makeup game this week. This is actually a really tough game to pick. This is the defending <laughs> Super Bowl champions, Baltimore Ravens. Plus one and a half at Pittsburgh. So he wow. thinks Pittsburgh wins at home. So he's going with Pittsburgh. Before I close this out, it's Thursday night. We're going to go. Uh, there's some Seattle on tonight. Yeah. Bunch of bunch of fantasy players here. Have you guys, maybe this is just me. I've started getting reluctant about putting players into my fantasy lineups who play on Thursday. And I can't really explain it. It's just it starts Thursday night me. games tend to be terrible. And you're talking about having two next year. Oh God! Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah one yeah, on Netflix or Google, yeah. supposedly. But we'll see. I, I, I don't insane. think it happens. There, I don't think they want to move more. They don't need to move more of their games off. Well, I love the idea of there being uh, some sort of online NFL game. Yeah. I just don't think there should. Have oh, that was the second. Google. So that was what the Google Rights thing was. Was well, to do supposedly it for Chromecast. That's the, that's the rumor. Uh, what I, happened to the good old days when we used to have a Saturday game in December? I miss those days. Those were good. Yeah. I, I think that it's it's you know it's completely irrational because once once the games start on Sunday, your players are locked anyway. And if you think you have a good player, then you would play them. It's no different than if there was like an eight a.m. kickoff on right. Sunday instead of a, it just, just depends a, on it. Just depends really on the team. You shouldn't change your thoughts at all, though. I mean, obviously, if the team is you know only had five days off or something, and it, you that, know that could be a consideration. So you know, like for instance, this evening, I actually earlier in the week had taken Fitzgerald out of one of my lineups. What? Even though even, I know, and, and I thought about this afternoon. I'm like, you know, what? this is really stupid. Why am <laughs> I taking Fitzgerald out of my lineup just because he's playing on Thursday? And I was thinking. 
well, you know, he's locked. And I'm like, of course he's locked. He would be locked if he was playing on Sunday, too. Right. It doesn't matter. Oh, he's playing yeah. Seattle, so yeah, <laughs> that, that's maybe the consideration. Well, Seattle's giving and, up some long plays. And how lo- how locked is Carson Palmer though? Carson Carson Palmer is not that good a quarterback to be throwing the ball to Larry Fitzgerald. He's better than people they had last year, but he yeah, hasn't been so yeah. he hasn't been he hasn't good. he hasn't delivered the way the the way the Cardinals fans had hoped. I mean, the bigger better problem, than John Skelton. But the bigger you know, problem with the Cardinals is they have absolutely no running threat whatsoever. I mean, they're not right. So just drop not, seven every play. Yeah. That's true. Have fun with that, Fitzgerald. (laughs) We will. We will be back next week. Hope you uh, do well. Hope your teams have a great record this weekend. See you next week.